The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Oh, oh, good morning, America and the rest of the world. Uh, it is Thursday, October 12th, 2023. I don't know why I'm so tired. I got home pretty early last night, got to bed at a decent time, but I'm, I'm already complaining about being tired today. My wife said, what do you got to do today? I said, I got to do my show and then nap. <laughs> I have to nap. That's my plan for today. Power napping. Like, I'm training for the Olympic napping team. Anyway, it's a beautiful day out here. Uh, you know, we, we, go, we vacillate between beautiful autumn days and a preview of winter. Last night, you're not going to believe this. There were people two blocks away from me with Christmas decorations. It's not even Halloween yet. Christmas decorations on their front lawn. We're only two months from Christmas. And then a week later is New Year's, and bang, it starts all over. What starts all over? Well, rock and roll season for me, uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Quickly, how quickly things go. Uh, anyway, uh, happy birthday to Keely Wolf, a uh, comedian who was uh, put in about a year and a half now, but first made her first like internet splash on this program. Splash. Splash over well, more like a little spritz, a little spit, <laughs> sprinkle. <laughs> anyway, uh, happy birthday, Keely, uh, who's uh, recovering from, I don't know, a fall off the stage. Last night, drove to Astoria, Queens from Shoreham, Long Island, for at the taping of Sarah Talamosh Mosh. Uh, I always have trouble saying her name. Uh, taping of her special. Uh, if you don't know, she's nine months pregnant, and uh, she taped her special last night. Her husband is Joe List, who was the executive producer 
uh, and he was working hard. <laughs> he was working hard. Uh, you know, she Sarah uh, jokes about Joe's OCD. Who was a parent last night? I mean, he didn't watch the show at all. He was he was standing next to me pretty much the whole time. Very tall dude, taller than Carl, much taller than Carl. He uh, doesn't. Now this is funny. I'm thinking about this last night because the internet and and video in general does some strange things to people. It may they say it adds pounds to people. I don't know if that's true. I think people just were shocked to see how fat they were when they saw themselves on television but short people look taller and tall pe- tall people look shorter now, i've seen joe list live by the way and when he's on stage doing comedy i didn't realize how tall he is and then he's standing next to me and i'm like holy shit he's fucking big where you get these bigger and, and uh, somebody else I will talk about in a moment <laughs> was also standing next to me at, at, uh, at some point, and she is much smaller than I imagined through the magic of video. Uh, anyway, um, it was a really interesting uh, uh, show, show last night, and the way they taped it, um, I'm impressed with the idea. See, a lot of times when you're watching a comedy special on whatever streaming platform, television, however you watch them, it just doesn't feel the same as being there. And I think a lot of that is because it's shot too big. A lot of people are caught up in shooting their special. Ooh, I got a little Jordan Peterson there. I apologize for that. Shooting their specials uh, (laughs) in a big place a theater a amphitheater a stadium and that's really hard to capture an intimate feeling last night's special was really as intimate as it could get the audience was an arm's length away from the performer and a very small room very tight room i got there a little bit late and stood because there were no more seats I think they they had seats in a closet <laughs> they could have brought out or something, but I was standing on the bar uh, for the for the show, and because I got there late, and that's a whole other story. I might get into that, but a really tight little room. There were about I, I didn't count how many people there. It says the 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 place seats forty. I would say there were probably forty five fifty people in there, counting the video production crew and probably oversold it just a little bit, but really intimate performance. And I think it's a smart thing to do. My initial reaction was, this is not going to be, you know, it doesn't make her look like a big star, but actually looking at the video uh, monitors in front of me on the camera that was in front of me, you can't tell uh, how big the room is. It could be gigantic, but it also feels really close up and intimate intimate is the only word you can use to describe it and it really felt like this might be a really uh impactful impactful that's probably a strange word to use in comedy uh special where you actually feel like you're in a comedy club watching it and i think that's what's missing from a lot of the big specials where people red rocks 
you can't you can't be intimate in Red Rocks. And when I say intimate, I don't mean you can't have sex. <laughs> you can't create a feeling of closeness. And and I think we talked about this so many times in comedy clubs. They're designed as that kind of um, dark, insecure place on purpose. You're, you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with strangers and, you know, laughter is contagious in the dark and close up and, and all that contributes to your wanting to laugh and, and feel as part of the show. Anyway. Very good show. Sarah's performance was excellent. Joe List was Papa. <laughs> he was taking care of his wife. Uh, he was uh, he he opened the show by the way, and he got I got there late. He was already on stage, uh, but he was you know taking notes, looking at his iPhone, uh, watching the cameras, talking to the camera people all, all over the place. I was like, it's not so fun doing that job, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's taking care of his wife and good, good for him. Uh, lot to do. And, um, you know what? I'm sure he was nervous. He was, he was nervous for her. And you know what? That's a, it's a cool thing to see a guy taking care of his lady. Uh, anyway, I'm going to play a little piece for you. Uh, Tom Segura is the worst human being in comedy. <laughs> I just want to, uh, restate that. Uh, not that I hate Tom Segura. People thinking I'm hating on Tom Segura. I'm not. I'm just pushing back on his bullyism until he decides to lighten up. Now, he did put out another uh, video, a, a real insulting people who have less than him, uh, just called You're Poor, um, just today. So I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can remember to do it. I'm not... I. Got rid of the video. I got to make a new video. But comedians who are funnier than Segura. All right, comedians who are funnier than Segura. I want to bring this up. Uh, one, today I'm highlighting a comedian who is uh, funnier than Tom Segura. Uh, Katie Hannigan. Katie Hannigan is one of my favorite uh, comedians that I've only become become aware of in the last two years. Uh, her reels, I guess. YouTube and Facebook and Instagram all figured out that I like her because her reels are uh, in my face all day long, but they are worth it. It's a minute of uh, of joy. She's really, really good. But she's the person I'm talking about when I say uh, I did not realize how small she was. She was sitting next to me. Yesterday, first of all, I'm, I'm standing at the end of the bar and uh, kind of nondescript in the background in the dark. Uh, she came and she was standing next to me for a, a, a bit and I didn't even realize it was her because there was a, on the other side of the stage, there was a, uh, a lady with, uh, big glasses like Katie wears and short brown hair. And I'm thinking that's her all the way over there. So when she was standing next to me, I didn't realize it was her and she was small. I can't believe how small she was. She's tiny on, again, on television, she doesn't come off as tiny, uh, I've seen her on late night stuff and, uh, you know, it's it just because you get this shot, you can't tell how tall I am, right? I'm actually seven foot nine. Um, but so, uh, and she's down here. And then at some point I, I realized it was her and I, and she did say hello and all that. And she realized it was me and it was, uh, got that to say hello and, uh, that was, uh, 
that was nice. But Katie is definitely funnier than uh, Bully Tom Segura. I just want to keep pointing out comedians who are funnier than Tom Segura. Every single day, I'm going to, until uh, I see Tom Segura say something nice about people. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. So I just want to remind you that uh, there are plenty of comedians who are funnier than Segura. Yes, there are plenty of comedians who are funnier than uh, <laughs> than uh, Tom Segura. Uh, GD says, "Now it hurts." It, well, pull it out of your ass. Um, we'll get to you, GD. Well, definitely, you're funny. If I have to say you are funnier than Segura, uh, we will highlight you eventually in the comedians who are funnier than Segura. Uh, but there are people I've known longer than you that I need to take care of also and mention how, how funny they are. Don't be hurt. Don't be hurt. Um, you know, you got to clean your room. I'm sorry, Jordan. This, uh, you're not welcome on the show today. We have three comedians for you today. We have, uh, Arma Benoit. I hope I pronounced that right. Arma Benoit, who was a, actually a film director and producer, uh, and now I believe has transitioned into comedy only since, um, you know, the pandemic and all that kind of stuff when some of the productions uh, were closed down. Um, she's based out of Atlanta. Willie will be here somewhere around uh, 10 a.m., I guess. He is a, um, it's a lightweight, Willie. He's still getting his feet wet. He's a lightweight. He can't do three hours. And I I was just about to mention that we're going to go, I don't know, three full hours today. But we have two comedians. We have Arma Benoit uh, do any moment now. We have Ann Van Epps in hour two, who is a Brooklyn-based, uh, Brooklyn, New York-based comedian. And then Jackie, the joke man, Martling, uh, do here at 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, we've been going past 11 anyway. And so Jackie wants to uh, talk about this Bayman, 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 gay man, not gay man, Bayman. Benefit he's doing next week with Peter Bales up in Oyster Bay and some other things. I did stop by and uh, got a nice big bag for Willie uh, last night uh, from Jackie. And then left Jackie's house to go to the, the comedy uh, taping last night and didn't realize how, and I should have took Jackie's advice on how to get there, but I got, I took the long way, lots of lights and ended up being late, but half, a, and Jackie knows where I'm going. He knows I'm going to a taping. And then I, I got I to read this because it was, it confused the hell out of me. He starts texting me knowing that I'm in a, a taping. Um, Close this. Why is this not charging? We got to charge, folks. Um, he says, "I'm an asshole." I asked if if you want if you wanted some weed. Do you want to? Uh, did you want? Why didn't you pipe up? I didn't. I didn't smoke with Jackie last night. And he was concerned an hour and a half uh, later that I didn't. And then he knew. He said, "Come on back." You know, I, this is an hour and a half later, and I I'm in the club now watching a, a comedy taping, and he's telling me, "Come on back," and he knows he knows where I am. Anyway, he'll be here at eleven. 
uh, today. So we have a really good show with with three great guests for you. Uh, my first guest is arriving is in the green room. So I'm going to uh, uh, play a short commercial. When we come back, we're going to meet Omar Benoit. It's time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better, and success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? You might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer you might for Coffee like with the it. Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide it's sales like for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. Willie's trying to seduce you there with the, uh, who knows, you might like, try it, you like it, you might like it. Um, Willie trying to be a little subtle there, I don't know. Uh, we have some new sponsors coming on we want to let you know about tomorrow. Naked Wines, uh, by the way, if you're in a rush to, to partake in some of these things. Naked Wines, there's a uh, link on the homepage of Mind Dog TV right now. Uh, Naked Wines is a really interesting uh, proposition. It's where you become a, a partner with the winery so instead of going to here in new york we have wine and liquor stores you can't buy wine in uh grocery stores like you can in other places around america uh so you have to go to the liquor store but wherever you are sometimes you have to go to wine uh grocery store or whatever uh this cuts out the middleman you get it directly from the winery and you save and you are helping the industry produced the best quality wines. It's a really interesting proposition. It's affordable, uh, and they have some great packages starting at $34 a month. I think it's $34.99 if I'm it's really $35, really. Uh, anyway, uh, it's a great new kind of way to buy wine. I, I hope you'll check it out. They will uh, we'll start running commercials for them sometime later in the week. We just got the voiceover from Willie uh, yesterday. Anyway, as I mentioned, Willie will be back. Uh, with us at probably around 10 a.m. today. He's just waking up, lightweight, can't do three hours. Um, Arma Benoit is best known as a director and producer who has been working on film since the late 90s. She came up doing music videos with some of the most iconic Atlanta-based artists, Outkast, my favorite, uh, or one of my favorites, uh, Goody Mob, uh, Little John, and T.I., just to name a few. She uh, settled into support positions on films and television shows while uh, raising her young children, worked for eight seasons on the Vampire Diaries before moving to Step Up, High Water, Black, uh, Black Lightning, Greenleaf, and Genius, Genius Aretha, among others. She's here now. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in. Hi. Um, Arma Benoit. Am I pronouncing your last name right, Benoit? You are, you are. You're getting it right. You are. Benoit Balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry. a while ago, you could say like Chris Benoit, but then he went crazy and you don't really like to use that. You know, the well, wrestler th Chris Benoit. Thank that. you for getting up and being here. I uh, appreciate it. Outcast, man, That uh, uh, those are the best videos ever produced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. definitely a golden age of music videos when, you know, they spent a bazillion dollars on everybody's music video. You know, right. now it, 
if you're not, you know, a big, big artist, they don't spend that much. But those songs were, I mean, Outkast at the time, too, they they bridged the gap between white music and black music perfectly. Uh, and yeah. and one, one of the one of the greatest and one of the most underappreciated bands of all time. So that must have been fun working with them anyway. It, it, it was great. And honestly, just all of the different videos that I got to do uh, at the time, none of us really understood. I don't think the cultural impact that the whole of all those videos collectively sort of had and put Atlanta on the map and, you know, really affected the hip hop scene. So it was looking back. It's really cool to have been part of all of that. Now, you're Atlanta based still, right? I am. I am. Uh, and you're a Latino. No, yes. I'm not. No. no. Oh, so that Latino night is just something you're part of, something you've been. Uh... I yes, isn't that funny? No, I um no. And if you saw when I'll, I'll probably air some of my performance later, and you'll see. Oh no, she's definitely not. No, Latino Night Live is this great Spanish language uh, stand-up show, and so I just long story short, I've always performed. Um, it's not my you know, like my. I love directing and writing is really my jam. But performing is fun, too. And since the strike, I've been hitting the stand up hard. And um, anyway, it's one of them. And I have a joke that I've been wanting to do in Spanish. So I'm going to go try it out. I actually speak fluent French, but I don't speak Spanish. So it'll there be you go. Yeah. And, but and I, I, I'm going to sound like a racist here. You didn't seem like a, Latin, a Latino lady. Uh, to me, but I'm not cool uh, enough for sure. I'm definitely well, no, not. It's not, that. It's, not that. it's just, you know, uh, being in New York and my brother has a, a fetish for Latina woman. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, you get this image in your mind of what a Latina is. And I'm at the, and now I hear you talk and I'm like, uh, that's no, a Southern I accent. <laughs> yeah, I know the Southern accent throws everybody off. What can I say? <laughs> Very interesting stuff. Um, so, so this this thing you have now, you have a link tree going there where people can find out about this Latino night. Now, uh, is that all comedy or is it comedy and music? What what is that all about? Latino Night Live is is just a stand up. It's just it's all stand up in Spanish. So it's you know uh, it's a Spanish language show, and um, so it's it's pretty cool. They do have a lot of um, like kind of variety shows here too. Um, wow. But yeah, this one is just, a, it's a really cool theater called Dynamic El Dorado, and they put on a bunch of different shows, not just Spanish language stuff. And um, anyway, so I, I do a lot of stuff with that theater group is sort of how I found out about this show. We haven't had a lot of comedians on based in Atlanta. I think one or two out of, you know, sometimes we do two a day here. Uh, it's almost a thousand comedians we've talked to over the last five years here. Um Please. Is there a thriving comedy scene that I don't know about in Atlanta? Because we think of Huge. New York, L.A., uh, Miami, sometimes uh, Austin. Uh, what's 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 the climate oh, of? Yeah, it's you know? it's amazing actually. Um, we actually have well, we've got a punchline here, and that uh, is a lot of the national acts will go there. But there's a place called Laughing Skull, which is also a sort of nationally known comedy club, and that's a place where again on any given night, some, you know, big time comedian is just going to wander in. And of course they'll put them on stage. And so that's always really fun. Um, 
but yeah, there's actually a huge scene here. Uh, every night there's like two or three mics going on. And, um, and we've got like nationally touring people now that have come out of here, you know, people that go up and are on Kimmel and, and, you know, that have done all those shows and stuff like that. So we, uh, you know, it's bigger than I thought it was. Uh, and there's opportunities to like take it national and stuff from here. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. Now, John Lockin, uh, head of Road Comics of America, I believe, is in that. He's based somewhere near Atlanta, not in Atlanta proper. I know, John. Oh, you do? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met him. Uh, So I don't think I've ever done a show for him. Um, But in fact, we just started talking. So, I mean, I'm usually doing film. And so I'm just sort of getting to know people now, you know, Um, and it's it's been fun. Perfect, because I wanted to, uh, with your film background and your uh, doing comedy, you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Last night I was at a uh, special a special taping here in New York. Well, not here in New York City. New York City's 75 miles from me. Uh, but I went to New York City to watch a taping. And uh, uh, first of all, have you done any comedy taping? Do people approach you for doing specials and stuff like that? Because everybody wants to do a special now. It's like not a special type of thing. <laughs> it's not special. Right. Well, I mean, the reality for me and where I am as a as a stand up performer, I've got a tight twenty minutes. Uh, you know, that's about the length of mine. And I think that to get a special. I think minimum is a half an hour. I could open for somebody and do a great, you know, opener, but I'm not really there yet. There's much more experienced comics here that are doing tapings uh, right. frequently. You know, like Lace Larrabee, she's a nationally known comic. She was on, um, uh, oh, what's the America's Got Talent, and now they fly her out to Vegas every two weeks to like host their Vegas variety thing, and you know, she. Uh, but- People, people knowing your background as a director and producer, don't don't uh, approach you as like I'm doing a special and want you to take care of their special. And uh, I, now I have just gotten my very first approach from that, um, and I'm waiting to have a meeting with them and see if it's real or not. I hate I don't want to be a jerk, but uh, it's like pretty separate worlds for me. And yeah. One of them I look at is this is how I earn my living and this is like my real and then comedy like listen I'm following the road where it takes me so but um all the that's comments, interesting you, know, you, you don't want your worlds to collide I I, I feel that I, well, I guess. it's not that I don't it's just that uh, I'm spoiled when it comes to film and television at this point and you know it's like one is sort of my established thing and the other one is like i'm scrappy so i don't know now listen if, if somebody cool wants me to help them i would obviously do it you know well i was um, thinking about getting into doing that last night because i have a background in in uh video production i'm not really film uh but uh, i worked for in the hair and beauty industry in, in uh doing a lot of you know model shoots and all that kind of stuff video oh, yeah. stuff uh but last night at this taping you know, most of the time when you see a special, a comedy special, the idea is to go as big as possible to make the star look like they're rock stars. So you, they're doing them in arenas, they're doing them in these huge theaters, and the you know the the overhead, you know, the shot from way up in the balcony and all that kind of stuff. Last night was a really, really small club. I mean, I can't say really, really enough. It's smaller than this room, probably. 40 people, 45 people at most, crammed in in a semicircle around, uh, like, a pallet for a stage, two pallets for a high stage, and was a little chalkboard behind it. But 
my my initial take was well people aren't going to appreciate this as a special but then i thought that it might be more impactful as a comedy special because of the intimacy of it that it will relate better to the folks watching at home that it feels more like a comedy club and they'll laugh harder at her special because of the intimacy created rather than this whole gigantic big star on a rock star on a stage type of thing. I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think honestly it has to do with the comic too, because if the comic can't fill a big arena yet, then it's just going to make them look like a loser. You know what I mean? Whereas if they can fill a small space, then it's filled with people that want to be there that are going to be receptive. And so to me, you know, that's, how much laughter is like everybody in the crowd laughing, you know, kind of thing. Um, And I also think that, yeah, audiences are more, I mean, think about tiny desk concerts that NPR does, you know, and those sorts of things. So now we're used to seeing humongous celebrities in these intimate settings and it doesn't feel like, oh, they're not famous or, oh, they're cheap or, oh, they can't afford a bigger place. It's almost like maybe this is purposeful, like you said. And so I think, yeah, I, I think, especially because comedy clubs are a thing and a lot of those are small and it doesn't make you feel like the people performing there aren't successful. It's just the club is a small thing. Right. So, yeah, I think it, it, it also relates, like it depends on the comic, you know, are they, are they an arena type bigger than life, you know, huge kind of comic well, or are I they think a storyteller? I hear you. And I, 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 I get what you're saying, but most of the times uh, in the, production of something like that they don't take that into account they don't think of uh, you know i've gone from comedy clubs you know doing comedy clubs and now i'm going to take my special it has to be a big stage and they don't always do that and you know what uh joe joe list was the executive producer of this stuff and his last uh he was doing his wife by the way it was his wife's special uh but his last special was similar to that and i thought uh, riding home i was thinking that that was intentional and it's a really smart move to do it mm-hmm. small like that because joe could sell out a theater he, he's he's that big and he, i'm sure right. he does sell out theaters but his last special was was done intimate like that and i'm certain there was a lot of uh a lot of thought put into that like it, it just feels better it feels more like a comedy club experience well it I, feels like you're there like you're experiencing it as opposed to sort of watching it right yeah and uh, the other part is i don't really even great comedians when that, when i see their specials i just don't laugh out loud like i do in a comedy club you're sitting there on a couch by yourself sometimes or or with one other person you're not gonna be you know in pain like you can be from a comedy club sometimes when you leave yeah. there and your face hurts and your sides hurt and all that kind of stuff uh in the promos for you I think uh, let's see well besides latino night live tonight i'm uh i'm headlining on the 27th at um laughs at the rap in athens um and I, oh and i have to say that i actually use naked wines non-sponsored <laughs> i actually use, i actually use that 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 wine service <laughs> so. um yeah so the area at athens used to be a big there was a big music scene in the i guess 80s and 90s there is that still a big music scene down there it is because uga is there so you know college towns and it's like a big college town like right. everything revolves around the students and things like that so there's um a ton of clubs to see bands and comedy every night uh it's not like a little you'd think of it as like this little it's kind of you know how how um austin feels 
like it's not going to be as big as and cool as it is, but it is somehow it's right. big and intimate all at the same time. Yeah, Athens was the Austin before Austin was the Austin before yeah. South South by Southwest and all that kind of stuff. My yeah. impression: I've only been to uh, Atlanta and and uh, Georgia a couple of times. My impression of the state is: uh, first of all, the most beautiful women in, in <laughs> and that this has nothing to do with this conversation. But my first impression was. Every woman there is gorgeous. I mean, it's it's like you used to hear that about California. And I went to Georgia. And I was like, it, there is not an unattractive woman woman in the state. Uh, but the other part of it, people were really friendly compared to New York, and that's what I want to talk about in the comedy scene. Is it clicky down there, or is that because here, if you're not in a clique, if you're not in a group of uh, uh, get in with a a, a clique, a, a band of people who own a territory, you're probably going to be pushed out of the scene and not, you know, you have to find another place to go, another place to make your mark. Is yeah. it like that and, down and, there? No. And I, I think that's so unfortunate. And, um, and I think uh, that's one of the appeals of Atlanta is um, I was just having this conversation uh, on Monday. Um, same with the music scene here. I, here's how I explain it. If you go to LA and say to somebody, I'm an actor, the first thing they're going to say is, what have you been in? And if you don't list something big, they're going to go, oh, well, you're not really an actor. Right. Whereas in Atlanta, if you say, hey, I'm an actor and they say, what have you been in? And you could say, I haven't been in anything. And they'd say, cool. Are you taking classes? You know, I have a friend that does it. You should talk to her. She might have some advice. They don't dismiss you. They understand, uh, you know, that you could become something. Same with musicians. They don't go, oh, you got a band? Sure. Uh, but right. everybody has a band. They don't do that. They go, cool. What kind of music? Let me hear it. Same wow. with comics. You're a new comic? Cool. They will watch somebody go on stage. You can tell it's like their first or second time. They come off and they go, hey, good job. You did it. Like you, you, you went, you know, you made it. You've got over the hump of being scared. Keep going. Whatever. It's, And I'm telling you the difference because I've worked in LA, I've worked in New York, I've worked in Miami, I've worked in Toronto, I've worked a lot of places, you know, through film and television. And the way that everybody encourages people here is, is I've never seen it anywhere else. And the conversation I had on Monday, we kind of reached the conclusion that I think it's because in Atlanta, it is a lot of people of color, it's a lot of women, a lot of transgender, a lot of, you know, people just on the LGBTQIA spectrum. And these are people that have traditionally been marginalized by mm. groups of people that control the arts, that control corporations, that control work, that control everything, government, whatever, you name it. And we've been told, no, you, you can't get in on this. You can't get in on this so much that now Atlanta is like the community of people that said you can't get in on that. So we're like, yeah, sure. Come on. Let's see what you got. You know, yeah. we're open-minded to it. And I think that might have something to do with it. That's interesting. Uh, you just said something really interesting there, that there's a big trans or uh, LGBTQ, all that community down there. When you think of those communities, you think of Miami, you think of San Francisco, New York, maybe. But I never, because I think, we have this, and I know I'm going to out myself here as being prejudiced. Uh, we have this prejudice that, you know, the South is not as um, welcoming or as open to those kind of things. So you wouldn't think that Atlanta would have 
a burgeoning community that like we, that. we actually have i think the biggest i could be wrong but for a long time we did have the biggest uh gay community in the country and that's because of the cdc and when aids and hiv and all of that came out the only place you could get treatment for it was here um and so we actually have a giant huge community here it's not uh it's not a, a little marginalized community here it's uh it's it's huge now you also have to remember that there's Atlanta and Athens counts and right yeah yeah, yeah. Decatur, you know but then there's Georgia and so yeah. when people think of it they're thinking of Georgia they're thinking of Marjorie Atlanta Taylor Greene <laughs> the not Marjorie Taylor Greene is the ambassador for the state right now unfortunately so yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> we all uh, hate her too. Everybody yeah. hates her too. You know, don't worry. Nobody down. I mean, we're a we're a we're a blue state now. Technically, I live in the burbs, and we're we've been blue in the last three elections, which wow. I couldn't believe. I was like, really? Yeah. So you know, but I think what you're saying about the marginalization of people makes a lot of sense to why they're more friendly in the arts and and that kind of stuff rather than the backbiting competitiveness that you see up here is people you learn to live a life where you 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 feel it and you get empathy and all that kind of stuff so uh good point yeah um in your 20 minutes can you give us an idea of the kind of material would you storyteller would you uh consider yourself yeah a story? I Honestly, it's storytelling because I never set out to do it. I, I, I'm a script, you know, I, I write scripts. That's what I do. And I was writing something and I thought, gosh, this doesn't feel like a script. This is more like me talking. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is this is stand up. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of storytelling. I don't I'm a married mom, but I don't do like mom comedy. My stuff is um, a lot of dirty stuff. My challenge right now is to try to come up with a clean 10 minute set. And it's really depressing that I can't seem to talk for 10 minutes without saying something offensive or mentioning anal or something. But <laughs> well, I think, well, I think you've done it so far here about at least like 15, 20 minutes, something. So good. But I haven't been I very funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, no, but we were talking about this the other day. This is a good, good thing to talk about here because somebody else was saying they, they felt the need to, to come up with clean material because you'll work more with it. And I was like, what's the point of working more with it if you're not going to be authentic? It's not going to feel like you. It's not. So I don't know. And people were arguing with me that, you know, you have to do it uh, and it will make you, you better. And even some of some of the, the most established comedians in the world have a, you know, if they're going to go on television, they have to pick five or ten minutes of clean material that they can do and clean it up a little bit but i just feel like authenticity is is what makes especially in comedy and music is it's what sells it is people feel that that this is you you being you it's not yeah. you're not putting on an act even though you're ex exaggerating some things you feel it's really uh, important for you to to do the clean stuff or is it just something you would like to do Honestly, I think more at this point, it's a challenge, but I agree with you, which is why I haven't just written it, because I'm a good enough writer that I could have written 10 minutes of clean stuff, but it wouldn't have anything to do with me. It would right. have just been generic jokes that aren't really authentic to me, and I don't really do that. I don't, I mean, if I, ha if I have wordplay jokes in my set, it's because it, it came naturally and you know, like organically to what I'm talking about. I don't set out to, like, do clever shit or whatever. That's just not, you know... Um, 
but yeah, so that's what I'm, that's my challenge is I, I want to tell my stories, but do I have 10 minutes of stories that don't, you know, involve embarrassing my kids? Cause I don't like that. They're teenagers and one's in college. And so I don't want to fuck with that. And, or, you know, so I'm working on it for me. I think it's more like a, an artistic challenge. Like, I'm can shocked I that, do it and make uh, it up? This is not false flattery. I'm shocked that you're old enough to have a kid in college. Uh, <laughs> you're so sweet. I'm 52. So. Oh, my God. See, this is what I mean about Atlanta. I mean, uh, <laughs> women don't age down there. Uh, it's just very, it's, it's a very strange. Uh, and believe me, when I went down there, I I was single at the time, and I thought this is this is heaven. I'm moving down here. <laughs> this, okay. why, this is why everybody shoots music videos here because you will never run out of gorgeous girls. Ever. Wow, what is it? Why? <laughs> why? Honestly, I don't know. I, I really <laughs> don't know. Uh, you know, maybe being happy, <laughs> it yeah. looks good on you. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, now you don't get when you're performing there. You don't get is is it touristy? I don't think you're gonna because in New York, if you're gonna do comedy clubs, you're gonna play for uh, a majority of tourists a lot of times because that's the nature of the people who are in the city and around the city. Uh, but I don't see that it happening in Atlanta. So it's um when if there's a burgeoning comedy scene, it's locals coming to support comedy. Yes. It is. And we also have a huge convention scene here, which is wild. Oh. But they so we do get like big influxes of people. But the truth is, is it's like a specific like a handful of clubs that the tourists are going to go to. They're going to go to the punchline because everybody knows the punchline. You know what I mean? And they're going to go to Laughing Skull because in Atlanta, everybody knows that's the sort of next big one. You know, so there's a few bigger clubs. But for the most part, no, it's it's really just. Uh, Atlanta comedy fans, and I mean, we, it's a, it's we've got a huge population here, so there's always people wanting yeah. to go out. So yeah, uh, you know, I, I I never considered conventions versus versus corporations because I play for uh, corporations a lot, and it's really dull, dull and dry. But conventions, uh, business people, not because when you're doing corporations you're doing for people who generally work in that building that you're playing in. and so it feels like they're going to work and so the right. the atmosphere is going to feel very stale and dry and it all the gigs are always torture but it's great money but i'm yeah. thinking, thinking the convention stuff is probably the opposite of that these you know when, when i think of conventions i think a lot of guys cheating on their wives to get away yes. <laughs> you know and everybody's wasted like wasted wasted like yes. next level that, so that's a yes. great opportunity for shows i never even considered that i'm you know we have some conventions in new york city but it's not like a convention hub uh so that's a good thing for people to consider and i'm not exactly sure of the path into being a a person who gets a lot of comedy bookings at conventions, but it's something to explore if anybody out there is uh, listening. And so, uh, do what and is they your all have tons of money? Like the 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 budgets that right. they have for that stuff is insane. Okay, I know. I used to do trade shows all the time, and it was ridiculous. Like the companies that I would work for would would put in a hundred and fifty thousand dollars just in the display that we would take into a trade show and all that. Kind totally. Of stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's so much money spent in that. What is your preferred um, venue type or uh, setting type? Or do you prefer playing to an intimate, a close-up, low-stage 
audience comedy wise or do you prefer to be on a big stage and uh have people back like a couple of feet from the stage that kind of thing like in a theater type of situation i mean honestly it depends on the actual club you know for me because i you know uh, i like being on a stage stage where it feels like you're on a stage and it feels like there's an audience because i feel like um you're everything's sort of directed towards you whereas i don't know how it is in new york but here a lot uh, a lot of the comedy shows are at repurposed venues so during the day it's this but at night we've blocked off this area in the corner and we're gonna have a comedy show kind of thing and it that's not as fun as you know the sort of more traditional now the truth is is I, you know i i haven't played like the fox theater or i haven't done like a ten thousand seat right. you know show yet so i i don't know how i'd like that but i i do like the the sort of stage audience setup uh you know feels a little more real and i feel like the audiences are a little more receptive because they're like for sure there to see a comedy show we're here to laugh they've paid money you know so they want it to be funny whereas a lot of times yeah. it's like people that wandered in and they've got a two drink minimum but they don't really give a shit they just wanted a couple of drinks and maybe they want to see comedy maybe they don't they're just there <laughs> wow yeah I, I get that you know here people are doing shows uh, and i've talked about this in no strangers of places i mean pizza places are uh not that unusual anymore but they're coming like a cigar bar like i can't just imagine the, the people just a room full of cigar smoke <laughs> it doesn't seem condu conducive to uh, a comedy show but they're being more and more creative and trying to come up with new opportunities because there are so many comedians per stage the the no the, the ratio of comedians per stage oh, for, for mic or stage time is just uh, way slanted in in the uh comedians overwhelming to the number of stages so they have to come up with creative ways are they is that what you mean by uh taking a space that was not necessarily made for comedy and that's what they're doing and like two pizza joints and stuff like that yeah <laughs> totally and coffee shops and you know well, coffee like shops all kinds cool. of stuff i yeah. think coffee oh, shops a... coffee shop you you those people those people are used to listening to somebody with like an acoustic guitar up there singing so they're a listening crowd it's different than a bar where people are being noisy and there for a pickup and or to cop drugs or whatever the hell yeah right 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 no it usually they try to uh have it you know cordoned off um or some kind of area to where like if you want to watch comedy come here there are a few brutal places that i won't go back oh my god I, the worst one i ever did is sort of famous around atlanta I, i'm not going to say it but everyone will know but you show up every comedian that night was like what the fuck? uh the guy literally hands so it's a restaurant and i'm looking around like where's the stage and he's like oh there's no, no stage he's got a wireless mic and he's literally wandering table to fucking table talking to people have no idea there's a comedy show that's kind of i was like what the fuck yeah. is happening it it was insane at one point while i was talking this woman is yelling to the waitress going, hey, I also ordered a so-and-so. I just wandered over to the table and said, did you order a white lady? And they cracked up at least at that. I was like, because here I am. I was like, what the fuck is happening? It was so weird. That was, I, I thought if I can survive that, I can survive. No, no show will be as bizarre as that one. Oh, I don't, don't count that. I know, uh, right? Knock wood. Yeah, tomorrow you, uh, <laughs> or the next Seriously. day you'll find something 
that will top that. Every time I've said that, nothing could get stranger than that. I've learned not to say that anymore. But yeah, wow. I, I mean, there is, I would at that point say to the owner, you have to set the atmosphere up so that the audience gets as much enjoyment as because if they don't, you're, you're not doing a service to them as the audience to experience the uh, whatever it is, the entertainment that you're bringing in. If you don't set it up in the right atmosphere and all that stuff. I've seen totally. like last night, the stage was pallet. It was, it was, they were covered up. They were kind of two pallets stacked on top of each other with rug put on it. And, but it was, that's how small the stage was. But it worked. Right. It worked for that venue. Yeah. Even, even again, that, though, looks, is better than walking around table to table. <laughs> seriously. And if it looks purposeful, this looks like somebody showed up with a microphone and said, hey, you know what would be funny here? Let's try it. I mean, it just looked like it was a last minute, like, take a mic and go accost these people. I'm like, that guy looks like he's about to break up with that girl. I'm not going over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, seriously. you know, the, the breaking the ice and, that in that kind of situation, you know, it's because I'm thinking that's probably not just a one comedian thing, right? There's got to be a couple in a night, or yeah. So if you're the like first four. one, if you're the first one, it's like being fed to the sharks. It's it's uh, you're getting thrown in in a piranha pool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was terrible, and it was like almost impossible to crowd work because nobody wanted you to be there. It was just like God. right. Uh, so uh, now, uh, kind of. Coming full circle here, you want to keep both your worlds sort of separate if you can. But well, no, it's not that. It's that I don't want the comics to all be like Arma does movies. Hey, come do this for us. And it's well, like, that's I, what I was thinking. You probably inundated with already is because you can't keep you can't keep your career a secret. <laughs> if oh I, no, 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 they all know. I mean, listen, the last movie I just finished a Coppola movie. I mean, everybody knew I was working with Coppola. Like there were pictures of me on the internet. Well, when you say Coppola, Coppola, Francis Ford or Sophia? Francis Ford. Oh wow! Like yeah, it was a obviously a career highlight. I mean, it was like I would have swept the floor if they had. had well, uh, uh, you know, not to uh, diminish Sophia's work, that would be a, a career highlight too. I mean, she's she's uh, Academy oh, Award yeah. nominated director and as well for so. sure uh but yeah wow when you say francis ford coppola it's just like wow that's like the mount rushmore of directors right it, i mean it, yeah like i said i, I it was funny because when i got calls while i was on because you know how it works like you you're on a show and then somebody else calls and says hey i'm coming to town i got a show are you available everybody that called me while i was on that was like can i come sweep the floor does he need a, like a parking lot attendant you know like, we don't care like people that were offering me jobs are like i'll come work for you you know, so I think it's going to be his last one too. So. Robert Taylor, who is a uh, South Carolina South Carolinian uh, based uh, comedian, said he did a show at a black bar barbershop. Now, I bet that, that went well. Yeah, I bet that went well because you know I just see that as uh, a lot of a lot of sense of humor in the in the room. Uh, just to begin with, I don't know. May, I'm being prejudiced again. But no, no, no. And in Atlanta, there's a lot of black rooms, like lots and lots of black comedy clubs, and they're fucking They're great. Are you kidding right. me? That's the best crowds. Very Aren't, interactive. Isn't the king? You know, the kings of comedy scene that that uh, come out of Atlanta. Bernie Mac and and uh, yeah. what's his name? Steve um, Harvey. The guy who, yeah, Steve. Um, you talking about guy, Steve Harvey? Yeah, Steve Harvey. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's huge. I mean, not. I mean, like I said, it's not unusual for like Kevin Hart to show up and just pop up on stage somewhere wow, or wow. like, you know, whoever. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 
it's so fun like that. So, I mean, I think a black barbershop might be kind of fun. Yeah, so do I. I could, I could definitely see enjoying that kind of uh, uh, performance thing. Uh, of course, you know, it, depending on how small it is, and if yeah. you're walking between chairs and getting in the way and stuff, that those well, are and weird. and what's the age of the population too? Because that, that makes a big difference too. Yeah, a bunch of old crap, crappy old men. I've done it. I've done it. I went to, a, in fact, at the place that I'm going tonight, Dynamic. Um, it typically generates us uh, like a youthful crowd like a young hipster kind of cool people crowd right and i did a show that we all thought was going to be that crowd and uh i'm telling you what i don't know what happened i think it was you know maybe it was one of the comics had brought some people but it was a bunch of women in their 70s and 80s and you're talking about a room filled with them and i've got jokes about like doing anal and all this other stuff and i was just like oh my god but that's all right they were perfect they thought it, it seems like uh, uh there's an, an abundance of anal jokes <laughs> listen i just keep saying that that's just my my you know my um but, you know, standards but, for that i'm i'm disgusting let me just say uh because i do a lot of volunteer work and sometimes paid work in uh nursing homes and those old ladies they're dirtier than you are <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Is that it turns out I was worried for nothing that they they are they're just as dirty. No, they uh, they want to. Uh, I'm like catnip to old ladies. I mean, they they want they. For, I I was saying that I should have discovered this in my audience years ago because they are good for my ego. If I go in and, and do a show, uh, for for a room full of old ladies, all of a sudden I'm Elvis in his prime. I'm I'm like, you know, they treat me like I'm a, a major star, and it, it and they want to rip my clothes off. And I love it. With- Listen, my mom is at a place that's an independent, so she's got like her own apartment or whatever. But yeah, I mean the gossip that she tells me with these guys. And girls and all the—they're all like sleeping with each other and stuff. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, yeah sometimes uh, those could be really uh, interesting shows. And uh, so now, uh, how often are you working? Because uh, I—I found your link tree, and the link tree is in the uh, in the description for people who want to find out more about you and, and find out where you are. But the I, there's not like one consolidated place where places where where your schedule is. Uh, put or is that you use instagram yeah for that? Like, i'm not a, a you know like there's only a couple places that like the skull and punchline and um uh star bar where there'll be like the featured comic where you know it's somebody like in residence for a month or something like that um no i'm just doing a bunch of different shows all over the place and the, the easiest way is to follow me on instagram because i'll post like here's where i'm going to be this week or whatever but i mean i've been doing three four shows a, a week right now but again since the strike when you're working on a movie, you're working 12 hour days. If I right. could make it out twice a week, I, it was like killing me. And I was still insistent on doing it. Cause you know, this business is all about building momentum. So right. since the strike, I've just been like, Hey, I shot a pilot uh, on my own over the strike. But besides that, uh, all I've done is comedy. So I'm just trying to hit as much as I can get people to see me, know me, you know, so, but no, it's, it's, there's that many shows going on where you can just book. All, I, I still haven't even hit like a, a tiny percentage of all the places. Wow. So. Um, well, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and I hope people will support you. And, uh, uh, you know, if I ever get to now, do you, are you planning on doing any road work and, and 
uh, hitting comedy stages or in other places in the country? I just started. I, I just got paid to go up and do a show for a bunch of golf daddies in Outer Banks, North Carolina, this beach town. It was great. And I just went to Chattanooga uh, last week and did a show. So I'm starting to venture out. I would love to come to New York uh, area one day, but that's a, only if I've got shit lined up. I'm not in the mood to like come up yeah, and hope for the best no, that's a mistake <laughs> uh, too many people make that mistake think they're just going to come here and then they realize uh everybody else had that idea and there are oh two million people in line in front of you so exactly that, but yeah um because i am uh, we'll definitely uh, keep you in mind i am looking into producing my own shows i we are on governor's comedy club network here where the governor's has three on long island uh we're affiliated with six and stones uh comedy club in southampton and making some inroads into some places in New York City. So if we have uh, any opportunities, we'll let you know about it. Uh, oh, yeah, I would love that. That'd be great. And it's yep. funny, I'll have to mention, um, John, when I see him, uh, that we that you know him, that we have a mutual friend. So that's yeah. it. it's, just, it's not that big of a world, the comedy scene, you know? Oh, I, you know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but the, well, there's a lot of people coming and going. Right. The ones that stick around they all sort of end up knowing each other. I, I think more need to be going. Uh, <laughs> I know that's right. Well, honestly, they do. I, I see it too. Yeah. And you yeah. just, you don't even need to discourage people. Just it, it'll play out. by itself. That's, that's true. And I never want to discourage anybody from following their dream and stuff. But at, at some point, if you're just still doing open mics after seven years, somebody told me they got paid. They finally got paid $20 after being in comedy for seven years. I was like, oh I would have quit. Good you good for you for the persistence, but I would have quit. Yeah, quit. that's called not taking no for an answer, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's been great to get to know you. I appreciate well, you being so here, much. and we will encourage people to follow you. Anything that you have that you want to promote, just email me, and I will post it, uh, put it on our website, put it in our newsletter, and let people know uh, where they can find you. You're a delight. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been so much fun. Have a great day. Bye for now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Armour Benoit, folks. The link tree is in the uh, description there. Uh, I'm going to take a really short break, freshen up my coffee, and be back. We have, uh, in the next hour, Ann Van Epps, who is a Brooklyn-based comedian. And then we have uh, more after that, folks. Jackie, the joke man, Martling, will be here at uh, 11 a.m. or around 11 a.m. And we'll talk about him texting me to come back to his house to smoke weed when he knew where I was going in the first place. I should have listened to him. I did not take his advice on directions and paid the price for it. But uh, I'm going to take a a quick break and go get some coffee. I'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. Uh, You're going to like, if you like Armour, you're going to enjoy the rest of the show. And you know what? Even if you didn't, you're going to enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, Speaking of enjoying the rest of the show, i got to put Will... Uh, see that? Not no, no. This episode is brought to you by Koa Coffee. Not them. Good morning. I I'm putting you back in the freezer. Just one. Both of us in the freezer. I'm gonna play two fire. I gotta get some press coffee. Okay, cool. All right.
Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with TrueFight. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning uh, platform. Now on mybookie.com, we'll take a bet. And ignite your musicality. Sign really up free for an all-access trial today. And let's see. It doesn't look muted. You hey! Look, oh, now you ruined your brand. You ruined your brand. You, 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 I, I wanted to throw off the betters. I, I always, always you know, and, and I want people to never be able to know what to expect from me. You think. You, you think I'm going to be muted. And just when you think that, just when you're sure, nope, no, I'm not. If you no, bet the ranch on Willie, Willie being muted, you just lost the ranch. That's right. Uh, good morning. How are Cows are going to be wandering now. Look at you. You're like, um, you look like an adult or something with that shirt. You know, it's funny that you say that because this is one of my dead father's shirts. That's, that's interesting. That's, yeah. It's like a, God, like a <laughs> godfather. He's my dead father. Yeah. Godfather. No. So uh, when my dad died, um, my brother-in-law at the time, Rodney and I uh, were both about his size. And uh, my mother uh, said that if we wanted to go through his closet and grab a few things, we could. And it was kind of a way to hold on to dad or whatever, you know. But it actually turned out to turn into a, one of the funnest games I ever got to play, which was the ghost of Bill Conway. Um, and the way that I would play the game, the ghost of Bill Conway, is that when my dad died, I was also given his car. Okay? And so... Uh, me and my dad looked a lot alike, you know, and so I would get in his car because uh, I would go back home very rarely, but sometimes I would visit Emmitsburg. And so when I would go to Emmitsburg, I would be in his car and I would I would get in one of his shirts and I would hang my arm out the window like he always did. And I would just slowly tootle around town like my dad would <laughs> because i knew that there'd be some people that would be like i saw the ghost of bill conway today <laughs> now 
Is that your dad in that picture? Because there's a picture that looks like it was taken from 1964. Short hair. Looks like you in a suit. Okay. Short, like a sh really short cut. And I'm, it, I'm not sure which picture you're talking uh, about. I, I got to find it. It's like it's been. Um, I, I think you've used it for a promotion or something, but it's like you wear it looks like you in a suit, but it could be your father. I didn't even think that it was your father. It my uh, my gut instinct was to just think that well, that's the day you got out of prison suit. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, my dad, so my dad might be. Uh, I wasn't wearing a suit when I got out of prison, though. Oh, my dad was uh, like I didn't meet up with my family and stuff. Like it wasn't the day I got out. It was like. I think the couple days after or whatever, but uh, uh, my second wife was the one who picked me up from prison. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to find that picture while we're talking. Uh, Arma Benoit, uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Oh, she was amazing, by the way. I watched most of the interview. Uh, you know, it's not that I wasn't up or that I couldn't have been here, but uh, I've been having a little bit of a juggle on where to, uh, podcast from because uh, this is my bedroom, um, oh. which you know you wouldn't think is a big deal, but I also have a wife that doesn't necessarily get up as early as I do. Well, you know what I mean. Yesterday, where were you yesterday? I think you went outside, like uh, the shed or something, right, or something yesterday. No, you know, I mean yesterday. I think I was in the kitchen. I think I was yesterday. Oh, because I saw you going out when we were setting up. I saw you go outside, and I thought. You, oh you, yeah, no. When we were setting up, I went out to the shed. Yeah, that's where we smoke weed. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that was a good location. So you, you're looking for yeah, but the Wi-Fi is not great out there. Like, like I don't think I would be able to, because like, dude, I would buffer so much if I was out there because I'm just not close enough to the receiver, right. uh, whatever you call it. Have you considered the Atlanta? I didn't even think Atlanta was a a scene, but it sounds like it. Sounds no, like I mean, I definitely want to go there, and I actually have a friend, like a childhood friend, that would probably let me stay. Uh, on her couch for a few days if i did a few shows there or whatever uh i i tried to get into the laughing skull festival but i didn't get in um i was uh i got my rejection <laughs> oh my god there's one, there's one with you in a leopard skin g-string uh i'm looking through your photos here to see if i can find that picture conway comedy and it's a it looks photoshop it could be photoshop but it... yeah no i don't even think that's me is it is it somebody with a mullet yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's not me, but I think that's a meme I made. That's probably I made the meme out of that one. It was <laughs> like, uh, dude, that's one of my favorite memes. Um, because it's like it's something about like um being too filthy or something like I can't remember, but no, that was one of my I love that meme. That was a good one. You know, one of the most disturbing things that ever happened is my, my friend Jamie Tucker. Uh, another comedian, very funny gal. Uh, she's gonna be doing a show in Wichita, my 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 the place I won't go, Wichita. Uh, she's gonna be doing a show there this weekend. But um, she did a, a Photoshop of my face on Joe Exotic next to a tiger, wearing like this like shimmering rainbow fucking shirt. And it was it was a great Photoshop, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. And so I shared it on my Facebook. An alarming number of my friends and family thought it was a real fucking picture of me next to a fucking tiger. 
Yeah. Like, like I fucking was that close looking to Joe Exotic. Fuck all of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was so mad. I was, I'm why, like, I'm gonna, this why is why I want to go mad. jump off a fucking cliff. You know? I, I don't get, I don't get why that would make you mad. But to me, and I don't want to. Like, they think I would dress like Joe fucking Exotic. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never well, going to be caught gang, dead wearing that. Fuck I, you. Uh, I think you, I think you would for a comedy bit though. No, I mean no, sure for a comedy. Yeah, that, there's a lot of things I do for comedy. There, there there's, you go. There's, I mean, so maybe they were thinking in those, in those terms. Uh, no, that's that's probably very true. That's probably very true. Let, let me see it's, if I can share this picture with you now. I found what I was looking. Did for. you find it? Okay, all right. Uh, share screen tab 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 tab. Is that untitled? No, it's not untitled. It's this one. Here you go. Uh, Come on, pop in. There you go. This picture. <laughs> is that you or your dad? I'm not. I, I can't see it. Oh, you okay. can't, you can't see it's it? It's coming. It's coming. I'm getting a little circle. It's giving me a do, 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 do. Wow. Hey, yeah, look how good I do that, ladies. I'm just saying. Anyway, all right. Um, That's me, bro. That's totally me. Oh, because, I mean, you were saying your dad looks like you. I mean, in the suit, because it, it looks, it seems like this is an old photograph, like somebody yeah, took this it is with from like last an old Instamatic camera and had to take it to Photomat and have the film developed and wait two weeks, that kind of stuff, not taking it with a it's, photo. It's interesting, though, because this picture was taken, uh, like, the day of my mother's funeral. Wow. Oh, that's enough. why you're wearing a suit. Of course, yeah. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it's either that or court, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I shine up like a new penny, but I, I don't like to if I don't have to. You know what I mean? But I can I can look real nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't the, like doing that shit. The haircut was what got me because it looked like yeah. a 1960s haircut. Like, uh, wait. And then, to be honest with you, this is one of the few times I've seen your hair. I mean, usually you got a hat on. Yeah, no, and uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was a struggle because I was like, I don't, uh, there, I don't really have a hat that goes with this shirt at all. I don't want to wear a, a a beanie like I usually do. You try like, to be feels... fashion coordinated and, fig and, and figure out. I wasn't happy with, with what my hair looked like either. Listen, I'm a little bit of a diva. I don't know if you know this. Like I have real problems. Like like anybody who listens to this show. On a, and on any kind of regular basis, should know that there's a myriad of things wrong with me. Oh, you yeah. know, I just, uh, you know, I do real good at keeping my poop in a group, even though it's kind of like diarrhea. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. All like, right. Wednesday, I just got noticed Wednesday, at eight, Wednesday the 18th, which is a week from yesterday at noon, uh, being uh, uh, interviewed for the, my congressional run. Now, Ooh, uh, yes. Awesome. A big, a big, uh, play i should look this up tom swazi tom swazi who is a big he who was like a county executive here he i think he ran for governor at one point has entered the race uh which means maybe it's time for me to give up uh well, come on now come on now well uh, it's not because if if santos goes to jail and swazi's the opponent there's i i'll get four votes Four, <laughs> four. And, and that's including Jackie. Listen, and Mike, I Mike will Carone. come door to door for free. You don't got to pay me, dog. I love you. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will go knock on doors for you. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. Cause somebody we'll get you up to twelve. Did. Easy. <laughs> so, somebody told me he entered the race, but I I didn't see it official. Uh, well, I mean, so the article I read yesterday that I semi-reported on. 
um did say that like with with these new charges like there's definitely going to be more uh candidates entering for sure All right, so Tom, Tom Suozzi was a Republican but he entered the race as a Democrat <clears throat> he's going to be running against San, uh Santos and me he's the Democrat he'll be there's no doubt right, that's what I'm saying I think it gives you even better chance bro that's what yeah. I'm saying Possibly, because they ain't gonna vote for a Democrat in that. In that, district. that's what, bro. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is I'm saying that the more horses in the race, the better your chances are of sneaking the fuck in there. All right, all right. I'll take that as encouragement. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about last night. You know, I was thinking there were going to be more of her, of of their friends. There, there were some comedians in the room last night. Jackie brought it up to me. He said, you don't want comedians when you're taping a special. You want to tell your yeah. friends to stay away because comedians aren't going to. And I did notice none of the comedians were laughing. Uh, I mean, it's different. Like, even when I watch dude, when I watch it, because there's so many different things that I just subconsciously now pay attention to, you know, the, other than the, the actual joke and stuff, I'm paying attention to meter, to mannerisms, to all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, because I'm I'm studying everyone. <laughs> you know, like like I don't know, like, and I think there's a lot of comedians that are like that. That really, um, it once you get to a certain point, like it's not you don't hear comedy in the same way anyway. Right, and and it's got to be really difficult when it's your wife. I mean, Joe List. I mean, and again, I'm, right? I'm sure <laughs> he, he was executive producing anything, uh, but. You want to see OCD on on display? I mean, he's taking notes, looking at his phone, like checking the clock, uh, talking to the cameraman. Like he didn't have us. I was thinking this has got to be the hardest he's ever worked in his life. As being you know, but he wanted. You know, I commend that because he wanted to do a good job for his wife. You know me, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's me awesome. I, I love it. I mean, that's that's true love, man. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you could see this picture. Uh, Mike Chavola sent me. It's, I mean, it's uh, doing this for. Uh, I gotta wait. I gotta yeah, wait. You, you gotta, gotta wait. wait. It but does, I, it does this for. Oh, you know. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's dude. I'll. Yep. That on a little. Uh, on a little. Uh, uh, like hand flyer. Yep. I'll just. Yeah. He surreptitiously took that photo. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I realized he was there. I don't remember when that was, but. Uh, <laughs> I, it's, I'm Matt Napple and I don't approve of that uh, campaign photo, but I posted it anyway. Um, Man, that's great. New York City. Because Queens is, you know, Manhattan and Queens are not the same thing. And I never thought of Queens as New York City, but uh, even in Queens, I mean, smells like great weed no matter where you I Walking down the street, because I had to park four city blocks away from, from where I was and got to walk. And I'm telling you, it's like, I like it. I could see how people who don't like the smell of weed would get really fucking like, legally <laughs> made it like ridiculously. But it's like, in it's like you walk into a dispensary full of the best weed as you're walking down the street. It's heaven right. for me, but I can see how it would fucking. No, that's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. I, I, I would be the same as you. I'd be like, this is heaven. Cause like, 
one of the things that people like say to me the most when I go out to places and shit, they're like, bro, you are loud as fuck right now. Like, because <laughs> I don't, you know, like I'm all, you know, like I'm, all, we usually smoke blunts or whatever, you know? And so like, especially where we're going is like a couple hours away. You know what I mean? So like, you know, there was a two or three chiefs along the way or whatever, or like when we got there. And so by the time I walk into somewhere, yeah, bro. Yeah, like like I I totally have just a weed smell that just follows me fucking everywhere. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, did I fucking leave the bag on me? No, that's that's just me. Fuck. Like this is for you. Awesome. Uh awesome. probably it feels like about two ounces in here. Now Jackie told me how I gotta wrap it and kind of uh secure it so that the dogs don't get it. Right, yeah, we don't want that. I'm curious now because the shirt, Kelly's hoodie is coming to your house. She wants you to sign it before sending yeah. it to her. I'm curious, is this going to beat that? That's getting there on the 19th, which is next day, a week from today. If I put this in the mail today, there is a race between the hoodie and the it's and a race. The, the hoodie and the goodie. Yeah, the hoodie's and the goodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it. It's I, a race. Hey, can we bet on that on mybookie.com? Yeah, we can. I don't know about my bookie.com, but probably <laughs> you can bet on anything. You can bet on on just about anything on my book. That was my favorite thing about that movie, Rat Race, that, which, by the way, is one of my all-time favorite comedy movies. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's fucking hilarious. Uh, the, the, it was like a group of people that bet on just obscure-ass shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Astoria, Queens, where I, where this special was taped last night. A lot of comedians yes. live in that area. I did not know how many comedians actually live within like a four-block radius of this place. Oh, okay. And I mentioned that I parked four blocks away, walking there, uh, and the, the weed. On the way back to my car, I uh, happened upon a very famous comedian. I'm not going to say his name yet. Uh, I'm going to be because... Okay. Uh, but he was smoking a joint, and I said, wow, it smells good. I didn't realize it, who it was. And then he said, you want a hit? Oh, oh yeah, oh, I'll have a hit. And then I realized, oh, oh. <laughs> um, got talking to him a little bit and joking around, getting high on the street with um, a big shot comedian uh, just on the side of the street there. And uh, I was joking around with him, and I, I don't remember what I said because I was thinking about this in the car on the way home. Whatever I said to him, he said, "That's really funny, man. You do you stand to stand up?" And I, that was the greatest compliment I think I've yes. ever to to have somebody who you know is a fucking killer funny guy say, "That's really good. Do you do stand up?" Uh, to yeah. me, uh, that would made, made no. That night. is that. Yeah, is, yeah that should have made you that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, did you get what I was talking about? Uh, the intimacy of the way they set this thing up and the way that way it was shot. And do you have any thoughts on? Do you get? Do you know what I'm talking about? What I was saying? Uh, I I think I was in and out during parts of that. Um, so I don't know exactly what. Basically, what was. I was saying, they shot this. My first impression, because I walked into the club. I'm I'm late now. The show's already started, and as you walk through the front door, there's a curtain, and you can hear Joe List is on stage like. 10 feet, not even 10 feet from where I am on the other side of the curtain. And I'm like, 
I, nobody's checking my ID or a ticket or anything. I'm like, what do I do? And there's a cameraman there peeking his lens through the curtain. He goes, just walk through here. I like, I'm not just walking through a curtain into a room there where there's shows going on because it looks like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, my dog's here. Uh, and it's not that. He said, no, that's right. And so I walked through there and there's no place to get a seat. And I'm like, uh, I'm walking in between seats now. It's really small. But And my first impression is, wow, this is not going to like look really impressive for a special and then i started to rethink it because now i'm standing against the bar in this corner like in the standing room only in this really tight little intimate space the stage is like two pallets high and the chairs are really almost like the feet are touching the two pallets you know of the people in the front row and so it felt like they're right in the comedian's face like right and, see, I like that. That is more of the small club atmosphere. That's what Nitwits was like back in the day, except Nitwits might have been like they had an actual stage that was a little bit higher, you right. know, but it wasn't huge, right. you know. Um, and uh, and, but the, the first tables were like right, you know, right on the stage. I always like it when the crowd is right there next to the stage. Like, and, Van, and Van Epps is uh, late, by the way. Uh, I, I wonder if we're getting a no-show. If I would have known this was going to be a no-show, I would have told Jackie to come on at 10. Um, I mean, can you message him? I could. Maybe uh, I mean, maybe, he's, maybe he's already ready. Yeah, we'll see if she... she uh, I'm sure he is. He's probably... Uh, he's up on his deck just uh, overlooking a beautiful water. I took some video of his back deck. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, but I, I want to stay on this a little bit uh, because... Again, I was thinking about how most specials are shot. Like he, he's, uh, the the specials you're familiar with, the big time specials. People are. It's usually on a theater, and you can tell it's uh, you know the shot from the balcony stuff, and you get this big shot of overhead of the stage, and it's to impress the people at home of this is a big time showbiz event. But those are often feel stale. Like if you watch them at home, they're not as funny as when you're at the comedy club. But this, because it was shot so intimate, it's going to feel very much like you're in a comedy club. And I right. think the people at the viewer at home is going to feel the intimacy and laugh harder, enjoy it more as a comedy show. And I, right. I, th I thought it was a, br I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was a brilliant choice. And like, this is the way comedy should be shot. And then I started thinking about Joe's latest special, uh, Enough for Everybody, which is on YouTube right now, a really funny special. And it's shot in a similar uh, intimate type of thing where he's on a stage in front of people that are pretty close. And it's a small club, and you can tell it's not this Red Rocks. It's not, you know, right. uh, Madison Square Garden. And I think it's more more impactful as a comedy special in that way because you if you tune in for comedy the idea is to laugh not to think wow this guy's a rock star you know well I and i mean it depends okay so i mean you and i think this is something that um the first guest touched on is that your style of comedy factors into that you know what i mean like you know, like when Chris Rock came out with uh, Bigger and Blacker, like when he came out onto that big ass stage with, you know, in that auditorium with all the people like, like, like it was a larger than life moment. But but it felt like you felt that energy. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you felt that. But at the same time, there's plenty of comedians that when they come on the stage, that's not the kind of 
entrance or stage presence that they bring. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 I mean, and that's kind of you know the the problem that I fall into sometimes. It's not that I can't. It's not that I can't be entertaining for smaller crowds and stuff like that. I still put on a good show, but it's not the same high energy show that I want to give a full ass room. You know what I mean? Because like when you when you when you come out just super jacked up and there's six people in the audience, well, that comes across pretty fucking fake. You know what I mean? President, like, President Bean has a comment. I'm always surprised when anyone says I'm funny, let alone uh, a comedian. She's funny all the fucking time, by she's, the way. <laughs> dude, uh, she's always fucking doing. Except when she's uh, making fun of me. But other than that, she's funny. But when I she mean, she doesn't really me, make fun of you towards oh, me. Oh, you don't see what she writes on Twitter. She's mean as can be. I, it, yeah, it, I'm not it, on Twitter. Um, It was annoying, and so I got well, rid of it. You know, you can block certain words and, and kind of conversations, and you can limit what you see on twitter i mean i'm just i'm really not good with the whole social media and i know i gotta get better and i don't know well that's like, what she's there for but <laughs> i'm hoping i'm trying yeah she, I mean, she does, she's doing a great job she's doing way better than i was no, she, that's for sure she, she's definitely abusive to me uh she's elder abuse is what she commits to, uh, on me i could have her oh. locked up for elder abuse as a matter of fact <laughs> I, could, I could call her uh call what is it Senior protection services or something old. old you know, there people. probably is a number for that. I'm sure, uh, and they'll be uh, going to Kansas City to you know, you know lock her up. Interestingly enough, when I was 15, uh, I beat up this 22 year old, and I recently I found out like a year or so ago that that guy's in prison now for like messing with old people. He was like a, he got a job as a nurse aide. And he like messed with old people in the nursing home, and they fucking sent his ass to prison. So I'm super like, like it's weird to like be re glad that you kicked somebody's ass like fucking thirty <laughs> years ago. You know what I mean? You're like, oh well, I'm you know now I'm even more glad that I kicked the shit out of that dude. Yeah, like, that was a fond memory. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like like turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> like, now, um, do you get the same kind of because? I've seen Joe List live a couple of times, three or four times now, and uh, never knew how tall he was until he was standing right next to me. But this whole idea about I never know how big people actually are until I'm standing next to him in a whole room. Really, he's, I mean, 6'9", 6'7", 6'9", something like that. Do you you get that kind of, uh, I don't know, confusion about how big people are because of when, when you see them on tv or see them in a club because i would think you just seeing them on stage that would make them look bigger not but i never knew he was that tall he well was- yeah but when you see him on stage they're alone and you don't really have a contrast and you know unless you unless you're really good and if there's a bar stool like a regular you know, bar stool flat, you know, the circle, you know, the standard bar stool I'm talking about. Yeah. If there's one of those next to them, you might be able to reference their height in to that. But when they're alone on stage, it is really hard to gauge that for real, for real. You right. know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I grew up around a bunch of tall dudes. Like I was actually a short dude in my high school. 
And I was 5'11 when I was in high school. I'm, life has beat me down to 5'10. But um, <laughs> so, uh, which is weird. I'm only 42 and I'm already losing inches. I don't like that. Like, yeah. uh, at least it's only in height. I'm, the, you know, if I lose a little more weight, I'll gain some in other areas. Anyway, um, but so, I don't know. Oh, yeah. When I was in high school, um, there were like three guys in my in my class that were like nearly seven feet tall. Um, uh, Joel Ellis, Justin Johnson, and Chris Riddle. The, they were fucking towers. But I remember like when we would play sports, like other teams, like would like like the you'd listen and you'd hear like parents from other teams be like, "What are they feeding these fucking kids?" Because we just Emmitsburg just had bigger fucking children now, for real. Like, let, let like me, is this the is this the town that named their, their team the Midgets? No, no, no. <laughs> so that's our that was one of our rivals. That was Esterville. Is like twenty four miles away from Emmitsburg um uh, in emmett county uh i think to the to i want to say to the north i think esterville is north of emmitsburg um and uh they're the esterville midgets but we always they were always our first game of the year for football <laughs> we always played the midgets first and uh i remember my freshman year we lost to the midgets for the first time in like over 20 years and uh we we didn't even make playoffs that year like it wow. was like that was dude it was like the worst season in emmonsburg history for like 30 years and then the next season i was a sophomore and i was with the team and we went 11 and 1 that year we 50 pointed five of our games like so we didn't even play the full game five times that we played but we lost uh we lost the semifinals to iowa falls um but it, man they had a really good running back. Couldn't well, there you stop. go. The history of high school football. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Yeah, they probably bored the shit out of everyone. No, no. I I, I, I found that amusing to be, you know, these guys. Because corn-fed whatever. Right. Well, uh, and like our high school. So one of the things that our high school did is the football players had a special lunch on fucking Thursdays. That was like like hyped up with fucking carbohydrates and starch and sh like they like the football players had a special fucking buffet that was full of fucking chicken, full of fucking pastas, all, all sorts of shit. And there was always like a there was always a big team meal every week that rotated to different players' house. Like it was um um, and one of the so that year uh bruce nelson was a senior and he was actually the 52nd overall draft pick in i want to say two 2000 i think 2000 uh he went to the carolina panthers and played with them for three years uh, what what is this? No, it's Yeah, he didn't go to high school in in South Dakota. He's, he's an no. Iowa boy. Yeah, that, I'm an Iowa boy. That's why we were the e Hawks. So big. We were the, we were the high school version of the Hawkeyes. Wow, that's black and gold through and through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is big dudes. Big dudes in the in the school. We were we were. Uh, dude, so, I wish uh, we should. I should try and get dude because I remember. Uh, my second wife and I had breakfast with Bruce once after I got out of prison. And um, 
And we went to the restaurant and Bruce was already there. So he was sitting and he like, you know, kind of halfway stood up and shook our hands as we sat down, but he didn't stand up, stand up. But when we went to leave and say goodbyes, this fucking, you know, cause he was, he was in a center in the fucking NFL. You know what I mean? And so he fucking gets up and just towers over my wife. And she's like, Jesus. And wow. he's like, you can call me Bruce. You know, like, yeah. Did he buy? Did he pay? NFL. Um, I think he did. I think he did pay now that I think about it. Uh, now that you ask, um, you know, and I'll say this about Bruce um, hats off to him because unlike a large percentage of NFL players, because he only played, I think three seasons because he had some, uh, I think he had some hip issues or whatever. Um, so he, um, he only played three seasons. Then he moved back to Emmitsburg and uh, got into, you know, went back to the family farm, helped his dad with that. And he also got into like property development. And he's actually uh, really developed a lot of really nice, beautiful property around five Island Lake uh, that kind of skirts around Emmitsburg. So um, yeah, he's, he's been really smart and he does assistant coaching with the high school football team. He's, he's a solid, solid person. Did, uh, so uh, didn't go to his head, and he, he you know, being an NFL guy, didn't right. uh, didn't make him an egomaniac. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I've, I like he's not even, he doesn't even like to do public stuff. Like if I tried to get him on the podcast, I think it'd be very difficult. I'd love to have him on, um, but I don't. He's just not into doing things. Like he wants to just have a private life, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, good for him. You know what? Yeah. And, but I think a lot of, a lot of those, uh, linemen, centers, those people, um, they don't have long careers in the NFL anyway, though. Cause their body is mean, such, it's such hard impact. Yeah. 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 And, uh, all, all the beatings they take from that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but so last night was a, a fun night for me, but it was, you know what? It was. It was a strange night of nostalgia for me because I took sure. I took a wrong I took my own way. Jackie told me take the Long Island Expressway. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with Long Island. You're probably not. Most people aren't. But Jackie lives all the way up on the North Shore, and so do I do. And so I have to drive uh, 20 miles down to get to the Long Island Expressway to go to Oyster Bay, and then get drive 25 miles north to get to Jackie's house. And then go, to go to the club, I got to come 25 miles back to this Long Island Expressway to drive to New York. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. I'm just going to take uh, one of the, you know, residential roads with lots of light <laughs> all the way to New York City from Jackie's place. And so I, I left here at 20 to 5 for an 8 o'clock show, and I was late. Uh, that's how, cause you know, and I just stopped at Jackie's really picked up a bag of weed and left. I wasn't like that. I was there long. Most of that was sitting in lights going one, starting at 224th street. Now I got to go to 34th street, 224th street. And there's a light every block. So 224, 223, 222, stop at a light, stop at a light the whole way there. But all, all the way I'm seeing places I used to play when I was a kid and going through all these like memories of uh, of club gig gigs that i had and one in particular I, I was like right in front of this place and it was like a flashback to 1982 where i was playing with a band that was essentially a wedding band but did club work 
and we played the same music as we played in weddings at we, when we played the clubs, and it was boring as fucking hell. And we and we would end the night with New York, New York every fucking time. <laughs> and this one time, I just I couldn't take it anymore. I just started getting ridiculous and doing like a fucking can can dance and like you know just and the singer was not loving it uh he was not happy with me at all were you like doing a gremlins fucking impression i, I was dancing like <laughs> uh you know uh new york they do the kicks new york new york yeah doing the yeah, yeah yeah i'm doing all that kind of That's, stuff i got you're a rocket i'm playing the guitar behind my head doing kicks uh wow. for frank wow. sinatra's song uh and the, the crowd is laughing and there's not a lot of people left it's like two o'clock in the morning yeah. You know, and and that's what matters. If the crowd digs it, then who cares? You know. Well, he he cared because it was taking attention away from him. He was a great singer, but oh, he was also an ego man. One of those. Yeah, he, want, he wanted <laughs> to be. He wanted all the attention on him. And this, I I had been playing with them for a couple of years and was so fucking bored with the music and just lost my mind. And so after the gig, he goes, don't ever, let, don't ever upstage me again. Who do you think? <laughs> bro, bro, I hope nobody ever says some shit like that to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am not going to have a good response. What did you say? What did you say, bro? I, I, I said, don't, don't you ever fucking talk to me in that fucking tone of voice. I will take you outside and beat you to death. Oh, my and, God. And, and, he, and he goes, are you quitting? I said, no, I'm firing you. Because I'm telling you, you're firing me. Because I'm telling you, I will beat the living shit out of you if you ever fucking talk to me like that again. And so <laughs> I let's just consider me fired rather than I quit. But I, you know, I was having fun. The people were having fun. Fuck you, you know. Right. Yeah. You, it got to me. Yeah. It was one of those. But that that moment all came back to me. It was like I was there again in front, sure, in front of the place. Fuck sure. You, Oh, yeah, also. no, you know, I, I I do that a lot of times. Uh, you know, I mean, like I that post that I did of the prison window, you know what I mean? And it was weird how it happened, too, because I got to the airport super early uh, because my original flight was supposed to be 6 a.m. So I got to the airport at like 5 a.m. And uh, so it was still dark out. And so when I sat in that area... And it ended up that my flight ended up getting delayed to like 9.30 or whatever. But so I'm sitting in this area, like right before the security check. And as as the dawn breaks and I start to see things, I realize that the window right in front of me is just staring at the prison. And not only is it staring at the prison, but it's literally an angle where I can see the window that I used to fucking like, I wow. know where I lived in, in the, in reference to the prison. And, sh and like, I know that was my window hundred percent. And wow. I was just like, that's a fucking trip, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it, it really just stopped me in my tracks. It was just like, this is crazy, you know, because right. like I had such an awesome, busy weekend heading into my trip back home, you know, and and so it was just, you know, I was on such a high and exhilarated high of everything that's happened and everything that's going on, all the good things that are like just rolling right now. And then to like see that prison window that I used to stare out of from from the opposite angle, bro. Like, dude, it 
it like it like I literally like I'm sitting at the airport crying, looking like a fucking sissy. You know what I mean? Wow. Like like I you know it, it always makes me wonder because cause I'm one of the people like if you know um um I try not to cry in public, but fuck man, if it happens, it happens. You know what I mean? I'm a pretty emotional person. Uh, but I think my life is dictated such, you know what I mean? You, you know, know, and I was thinking about this the other day because I wanted to cry the other day. I used to be a crier. I used to be a very emotional, uh, uh, you know. I mean, it's healing. It's healing. Crying is healing, no matter what. No, I get Period. it. But uh, the other day I, I was going through some shit and I wanted to cry. And I realized I haven't cried in a really long time. And I think I've lost the capacity. Generally, uh, I was telling somebody a story about a girl I knew. First, I met her the first day I got to New Mexico. Uh, she was from Boston. We talked for like 10 minutes. We moved into the same dorm together. I helped her move in and then didn't talk to her until the end of the semester. She was flying back to Boston. I was flying to Rochester, New York. But we took a flight together to Dallas. And we sat next to each other on the flight to Dallas and talked for about the hour and 10 minutes it takes to fly from Amarillo to Dallas or whatever. It was. <laughs> and then, Does it even take that long? And yeah, probably not even that long. No, probably uh, I mean, not. Probably sitting on the runway and all that stuff. Apparently. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, but then we, it, she was getting called to her flight to Boston and we were saying goodbye in the airport and we both broke down like like we were lovers going not going to see each other for years or something it was like an emotional moment I was like what a stupid fucking emotional kid I was I mean a long goodbye like that and but both of us in tears hugging uh in, in the airport we really had an hour conversation that was the time. And it was like, there's no reason for us to miss each other. We have never been part of each other's lives. But I was emotional. Like, I'm not now. I, I can't make myself cry like that if I wanted to. And, and I was at a point when I got fired. I got fired uh, last Sunday for, <laughs> right. for being a no-show. Yeah, yeah. For being a no-show. And, Did you and go get your, your equipment that you left behind? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got all that. Okay. That place I, I'm not fired from, but the place that I got fired from, and I wasn't crying because I lost a job. I was crying because those residents meant something to me, and I know they love me, and we had a connection, and I know they're going to die right. soon, and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to them. And I was like, no. well, well, I, I mean, you can, you can go back in, the, in a non-official just visiting no, capacity. No, I got a letter from them. I'm not welcome back there, and this is petty. The woman who, it's what? the H the the woman the rector rec director there, she's mad at me and doesn't want me back there. And I think she's being petty about this because again, it, it's she's not caring about the residents. She's caring about her own pride and that that I fucked right. her over. And I definitely deserve to get fired. And I said that I I, but why can't I come back there and just do a, a free show for them? Uh, <coughs> because they love me. Yeah. We've made a connection. And they should not have to kind of just say, well, we're never going to see Matt again because you're mad at him. I, I right, yeah. I fucked him over and they should be mad well, at and, him. And it's, and it's her way it's her way of making you seem like the bad guy. Because, I am the bad you know, guy. <laughs> to, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. To the residents, it's, it's like, oh, he just doesn't want to show up anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Speaking like, of bad guys, 
Oh my god, <laughs> he's not a bad guy. He's a great. No, guy. he's not a good guy. He's a good guy. He's not a. He's not a bad guy. Hey, good, mo good morning, Thanks Mr. So Joke far. Man. How are you? Good to see you, Jackie. Well, you, you, uh, hi. Well, I uh, I jumped up and took my really really long swim and climbed back in my nice warm bed where I was going to lie there for an hour and uh, <laughs> try and cool. Get, try and warm up because I'm still shaking. And I had a plan to go get a nice big cup of coffee and then settle in. And then and so I get a call from you. So here I am, unshaved. <laughs> well, I I said no, no pressure. No coffee, no nothing. Just we just we, we would have my whole body dynamic and my whole day. Well, you should have told me go fuck to myself here. and just. No, to I'm and thrilled to be here. Uh, don't, don't be silly for a second. Hey, Will, okay. thank you very much for uh, that gift that keeps on giving, that stupid uh, Burt show. Jesus. Wait. Yeah? Here, I'm oh. giving you this, Will. Oh, yeah. That? Right. But it disappeared. The the gift keeps on giving? What, is the, what, what does that mean? Good things happening, my friend? The, the Burt well, thing is 78,000. A lot of people are looking at uh, my interview with uh, Bert, my podcast with Bert. Right. Bert yeah, the comments were pretty great too. A lot of the comments were really positive too. Very nice. Yeah. A lot of loving those comments. Do, I was do you telling know... Ian though, the, the way it works though is like with every comic and every, and not just comics, but every performer. You know, I used to think it was just me, and then you find out, you know, you could read a hundred great compliments. And then you read one negative thing. Yeah, that's yeah, that's you true. Think about all day, you know. And it's that, just, that's true. It's crazy. I was talking about that before because I met, and I'm not going to say his name because he, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, I met a, a, a famous comedian on the street walking back to my car last night in Queens, smoking a joint, and was bullshitting with him. And I, I said something that made him laugh. And he said, Wow, that's really funny. Are you a stand-up? And that to me, that was I. That was the highlight of my night last night. Having a a, a, a very accomplished comedian ask me, tell me I was very funny, and asked if I was a stand-up. And I was like, I was fucking high on that for the whole fucking drive home. <laughs> so, I guess. Mark Twain. Mark Twain said he could live for two months on a good compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, true though. Really, it's really, it really true. Does make your day, you know. You just rattle it yeah. around in your head, and you know, right? It's, uh, uh, it's a nice thing. Now, uh, before we get started, we want to tell people about uh, next week, right? It's uh, Thursday, next Thursday, or next? Yeah, a week from today. Uh, yep. No, it's Friday. It's Friday. What is it? The Bayman thing. Thursday. The, the Bayman thing is next Thursday at the Crescent Beach Club. Seven o'clock. It's me and uh, and Peter Bales, and our opening act is uh, Tugboat Manny, who's a guy that I met. He's a he's a nice guy, good friend of Peter's. Peter lets him do the show with us, but it's me and Peter Bales, and it looks like ticket sales are really great. It's a very high ticket price, but it's a very important, uh, a very exciting charity. You know, we're, we're building a statue to the in the to honor the Bayman, the people. Look at this. This is my girlfriend delivering my Matt Napo cup of coffee. Oh, oh. you have mine dog coffee today? Come, come wave hello. No, I'm not. No, I look terrible. Wave hello. You look beautiful. Wave hello. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, she. You know what? I was gonna say yesterday 
uh, she does Thank look beautiful. You. Too too beautiful for you. Like you 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 uh, playing above your level. Oh her. shut up! You are. You, <laughs> are, you are. All funny men do. All funny she's men nice do. She's a ni- <laughs> she ma- nice she makes an awesome almond cookie or almond chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, she's a good girl. You know, I, you know, I knew it was something good for show business that day. I was at the Cannes Film Festival. And I ran into, I didn't know who they were at the time, but it was uh, Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. And all wow. I knew was like, what is this girl doing with this guy? And, and then you find it. <laughs> Then you find out who, and you know why, you know. Right. So unbelievable. So, yeah. Uh, now, uh, what what was the thing? Oh, stand up memories. Oh, who's? Do you know who was on this? Uh, who you got coming up on stand up memories? I think it's John um, Ziegler this last week, right? Just yesterday, the show last night. No. Yeah. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, and we got uh, Bar- we're <clears throat> we're interviewing Barbara Feldman on Monday, but that won't air for a while. I I don't know what's I don't keep track, so I don't know what's aired already and what hasn't. I think we're still many, many ahead, you know. We we should test Will on this. Uh, Will, you know who Barbara Feldman is? Feldman. I mean, Feld, Feldman. Barbara Feldman. I'm better with pictures. You know what I mean? Like faces. No, nah, like there's no comes reason to... he would know. Will, how old are you? I'm 42. Oh, Jesus. Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my underwear is 43. Uh, <laughs> you're a sapling yeah oh thank yeah. you i i appreciate you saying that because uh like most days i don't feel that way well so barbara feldon i well, i have uh you know me i get stuck on shit and i keep saying feldman it's feldon barbara feldon was uh she played agent 99 on a series called get smart in the 60s I re- so um, i know this okay Ron so Adam. are you like the hot chick that was opposite him or whatever yes yeah. So yeah. I know who you're talking about because I definitely remember, like, again, Nick and Knight. Like, my mom was a big Nick and Knight fan. Like, so she watched a lot of that kind of stuff. And so, because uh, uh, that's the Missed It By That Much guy, right? Missed It By yeah, That yeah, Much. Yeah. That guy, so, yeah. So Nick at Night is already in the past, and Nick at Night was showing things from the past. So, right. right. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it's so a, funny. It goes way, way back. You know who was... Uh, well, let's finish the plug. So that's seven o'clock uh, Thursday night, October nineteenth, at the Crescent Beach Club. It's going to be a great, uh, great show for a charity for the Bayman. They're c- constructing a statue of a clam digger. <clears throat> They've been digging clams in Oyster Bay for four hundred years, and many guys have died doing it. And uh, it's just a really nice thing for Oyster Bay to have the uh, the Bayman clam digger up there. And also to 21st, two nights later, I'm at uh, McGuire's with Bales again. Me and Peter Bales work together all the time. He's my partner. Why didn't I know about this? Oh, the 21st. Let me, I'm just checking my calendar. I told you about it months ago. No, no, I don't think the 20, I'm I'm there. I don't have a gig the the 21st. And McGuire's is kind of close enough that, listen, I'll be there. I'll be there. Wow. Very cool. Seven o'clock early show. Me and Peter Bales and McGuire's is a great place. Great place. A lot of the stuff from my documentary was shot at McGuire's. So, I did uh, not know that. Uh, well, so McGuire's has been around that long because the doc, the 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 stuff from the documentary is all old footage, right? I don't. Oh I don't no, see- no, no! Just the few recent jokes are from McGuire's. The other stuff is from Rascals and from 
God knows where, you know, all yeah. kinds of places. I am. Um, hey, go ahead. The bro. big news is I just started. Uh, I I'm so fed up with myself doing nothing creative and and the jobs are fewer and far between and I'm getting frustrated and I can't get myself to pick up the goddamn guitar. So I sat down and I started, I think, writing a book. And um, all right. I, I, just, think uh, writing I, I think writing I love book. it. I love how he said it. Well, you know, uh, there's always the same battle with me, you know, because there's no getting around the fact that what I do is just jokes, you know, and um, but I I have always maintained that the bottom line is is getting laughs. And I didn't have any yes. intention of ever being a comedian. I just like telling jokes and making people laugh, which is supposed to be the essence. So, it, it, you know, depends on how you look at it. But so the name of my book so far is uh, doing comedy wrong for the right reason. <laughs> I like that. <it. laughs> now, uh, I, last night you said this uh, to me, too, that all I do is tell jokes. And I think that... You know, I'm not trying to blow fucking smoke up your ass. I'm not, but I I don't think there's I I don't think there's anything wrong with just telling jokes. If you're a master joke teller, and I think you are. Right. I, I mean, a joke can be funny, but right. if I if I tell it wrong, it's not funny. Right. I, I believe. believe right. Me, my wife can. My wife can give you an example of how not to tell a joke. Oh my god! <laughs> Mind you, Mine too, bro. You know. Uh, yeah. I've always said the same thing. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a broken record, but uh, anybody that says, "All right, you, well, you're telling you're telling jokes," or they're like, "Hey, you didn't write that stuff," and I say the same thing when a guy, when a guy, when whoever gets on stage and performs like Macbeth, you know, nobody in the you, crowd stands up and says, "Wait a minute, you didn't write this." Yeah, shit. yeah. 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 Either, either you do it well or you don't do it well. People say exactly oh, well, those, jokes, those jokes are in the book. Well, Macbeth is in a book. Do you want to read the book or do you want to see it performed? And do you want to see it performed well? You know, it's, a, yeah. it's apples and oranges, but there'll always be people that say, Oh bullshit, it's just jokes. So I'm writing the book to to counter that, but it gives me the excuse to talk about my mother and and her influences and, and all the terrific stories that happened with stump the joke man everything just joke related and so you know like anything you sit down with this very basic idea and all of a sudden it the ideas just start to blossom and you can't type quick enough to end right. so i'm back back in that mode where you know you don't do anything for so long and now it's like how can i steal away and get to my computer and start typing which is yeah. a right. great feeling to have again, you know. Reminded Do you use a voice a... recorder at all to help you when you can't necessarily keep up with how fast your brain is going? No, but I'm 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 thinking I might do some stuff at Governors or somewhere where I'm just gonna go and just do Q and A's and just record oh, them. Oh, great! Then just, and then just scribe them, you know, because when you're rolling, yeah. talking about it, you know. Yep. But, uh, is it and. It's the old who who cares and who's going to read this and then you realize you cannot go go by that, you know right. you got to just do what right. you're going to do and then if anybody salutes it fine you know right so yeah uh, so last night last night when I was at your place uh, I mentioned that I thought 
and I was wrong that the room would be mostly comedians last night, but it was mostly fans, but there were comedians there and I knew who they were. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the comedians, it, she was hysterical. She was great. I mean, her performance was fucking flawless. But the comedians, I was watching them, and they didn't even chuckle. It, it's so weird watching people. I guess some of them might know the material and know the jokes, but I'm just I'm, I'm studying the comedians' reaction to, to the stuff because the whole room is fucking gut laughing, and the, the comedians will look like... I can't imagine playing to a room full of comics who would yeah, be like that. because they just thing. don't. They just don't. And, you know, like when you're sitting around with a bunch of guys and, and, and being wild and crazy with comics or friends, then you're laughing. But... Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm terrible when it comes to. Con I just don't laugh at it anyway, and uh, not to mention that I don't get it. You know, now yeah. I like that that roast thing you showed me the other day. I thought that was very funny, and I don't know, but I bet anything that I wasn't laughing. I'm sitting there yeah. enjoying the hell out of it. Right. But it's you know, you know that old thing about oh well that's very funny. You know that's very you know which is so sounds so pompous. <laughs> You know, just so beat into your head all this crap, you know. So right. en enough is enough is enough is enough, you know. Right. You know what was really dis disappointing, disenchanting for me was watching, uh, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't say this to ruin it for other people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Watching uh, how uh, Hollywood it has to be. In other words, she did a show, they taped it, but then after the show, okay, we need to go back and get like the re-intro again. We need the room to kind of do all this fake clapping and applause and all this kind of stuff. Taking that like seven times, the coming off stage bit, we'll take that a bunch of more times. And it just felt like now I'm at, now I'm at a production. Oh, a did they do that? Did they do yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard Bell's said that uh, he, he was in Scarface. So we talk about this already. There was a scene in no. Scarface where they're in a nightclub and Belzer was the comedian. And so yeah. he, you know, he's up there and did, it was only a short amount of time. I think he had to do like five minutes or something, but he did it. And he said he had to do it 23 times. And right. he said it couldn't have been more excruciating. You know, yeah. the same, you know, and now people have to do fake laugh. The audience has to do the fake laugh. The first time they heard it, they probably laughed legitimately. But then the second time, a little less. And then by third or fourth time, they're like forcing themselves to go, ha, 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 ha. I, I always thought those things where they went in, they taped them, and, and what, what you got, you got, which, you know. I mean, I feel like you should do it that way. I don't think um, – but like Comic View – I went to a taping of the Comic View back in 2003, and um, they didn't they didn't really do it like that. Like like they they just got the crowd excited before the you know before the performer came out, like right. which is the host's job. Like the host's job is to create the energy that you want for your performer when they come on stage. And like, no that's doubt, the that job was, of the host. That was there. It was legitimate for the whole show. It was legitimate, but then they felt like the need to do for production value. And the director kept pushing them. And I was like, this was me when I was trying to make films. Everybody used to, I was wearing the talent out. They, 
don't <clears throat> do more takes than you can tell when it's just feeling frustrated and feel it's starting to feel plastic and the uh, the performers are are demonstrating <clears throat> that you lose it after a couple of takes stop but yeah, yeah. it's it's tricky like like that's why like i hate when uh like if I have an opening act and then a middle act or something and they both go like after <clears throat> 10 minutes after the show gets rolling, I'm ready to go out there and go to work. And all of a sudden the opening act does 15 minutes and the next guy does 35 minutes. Like you, you, your sweet spot, you know, you're trying to hold on to your sweet spot and it never, it's never anything that the audience can ascertain, but it's just right. a drag. You know, you're like, you, you're a racehorse. You know what I mean? You're ready yeah. to go. Well, you're, you're, you're holding back. You're holding back the bit, and like, Jesus Christ, you know, it, it's so, more to it than meets the eye. You know. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, uh, and I think that that's why it's important to have like degrees of separation almost, because um, a good host builds the show. You know what I mean? And to where, like, when your headliner comes, this is the climax, y'all. This is, you know, this is, you know, but I think that what you're saying is that you kind of, uh, like, I could see, like, if your host only does 10 and your middle only does 20, you're going to hit, you're going to hit your, like, when you get comfortable in your set is when you're going to get that peak thing. So I think that, And that's just right. That's just right. Yeah. But if it comes 50, so. Instead of ten and twenty, if it becomes fifteen and forty, then, then right, it, it changes. It definitely changes how the crowd is going to receive your headline. The idea for of, sure. the, of, the, of the host MC is to get people warmed up and then yeah. pass the ball. You know, not yep. not well, you know, but that, that's yeah, it's all, not it's not your time to shine. You're, you got to right. realize we're not we're not curing cancer here. We're, we're all right. full of shit. You know? Yeah. Uh, I did not take your advice last night. I did not go back to the expressway. I went on twenty five A the fucking way. Yeah, the fucking we're gonna light after light after light. Oh, are you but still sorry? I am. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Until I got to Queens, I wasn't sorry at all. I was like, "Fuck Jackie, man!" I would have been on the expressway, sitting in miserable traffic, and this is a breeze. I'm going through Roslyn, and when I go through Roslyn, I'm like. I'm having a nostalgia trip back to my father's place and when I'm 20 years old and I'm uh, I'm loving Glen Cove, I'm loving Roslyn and all that stuff. Get to Queens and I'm like, Jackie was right. <laughs> you, was yeah. right. Yeah. You, Jackie. Get, you get you get the little neck fuck way. <laughs> That's exactly right. But uh, the reason I brought that up is in that area, now the Astoria, Queens, I don't know if you know this, and I didn't know it until last night, there's a cluster in Astoria, Queens, uh, comedy comedians living there. It all, it's almost like a Greenwich Village music scene of the 60s, a comedy scene in Astoria, Queens. Were you aware of that? Like the, oh. I, I knew it was coming about because a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine years ago, it, it, they said that they felt it was starting to happen, you know, like maybe 10, uh, maybe 15 years ago. Because a bunch of little clubs popped up there, right? Right. Like least small clubs, like I know really I went, small. I went down there to visit. Uh, like that's where I met David Feldman. They, he was doing a show with Frank Conniff, and uh, but it was like somebody's living room. What was it had a weird name? 
Uh, I'll, I'll never remember. But uh, they're all over the place. Yeah, I walked past several of those last night. That's where I met that comedian on the street smoking a joint outside one of those little things. But the place they were, I was in last night. The place you're in right now is twice as big as the place I was in, uh, where they did this comedy. Wow. But Jeez. I felt, and I talked about this earlier in the show, that I felt like it was a very smart move. Because when you see, and we were kind of talking about this last night at your place, these comedians who do shows at Red Rocks, they do Madison Square Garden, they do this whole thing. It feels like they're a, more of a rock star type of thing where they're just trying to make the, the comedian look big, but it's not necessarily conducive to comedy and feeling the comedy at home. This <laughs> was so intimate that I think it will be a better experience for people watching it at home. They'll feel I, more like that. I think absolutely, you know, the, the sweet spot is 200 to 400. Like Club and, you, I don't know if you remember Club and A. I think that was 700. But that was, they were packed. I mean, it was a big rectangle. And, you know, with the people sitting very close together in, uh, you know, like a, like a, a Boy Scout style uh, tables, you know, like old, you know where, oh where shit, I gotta get off governors. <laughs> oh my uh, god, I, I just I just stepped oh. on Tony Tony Walker's show on governors. We I overran the light. Ah, <laughs> continue. I'm sorry. I by <laughs> Why is he done? Uh, well, his show starts at eleven, and we I just it's eleven. Yeah, we were into it like two minutes. We, we were taking away. He, he couldn't broadcast until I just. Knock them off. So are both of his listeners going to complain? Yeah, yeah. Oh. All, three, oh. all three of them. Come on. Don't, don't be mean. He's got three. Uh, at least three. No. I, I should go on there and, and see if and, and promote uh, my stupid uh, yeah. McGuire show. I always have trouble thinking of the name McGuire's, and I have no idea why. But uh, hey, did I tell you I started a new book? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm, um, only I'm only kidding. But it's, it's, uh, I, you're going to be at. McGu By the way, I I I want to uh, get Peter Bales on just so I can introduce him as a guy who's best known for being on I Dream of Genie, but not the Once. show. But not the but show. Not the show. <laughs> have, you, have you had him on your show yet? No, no. Why haven't you? Have you asked them? Uh, I I have reached out to him. I never heard back from him. I've had Rich Walker on several times. I mean, Rich and I worked together on him and Chris Monty were doing a joke telling website, basically short joke videos and and acting out the stuff. And uh, you know, I don't know why. I, I I've offered to promote Stand Up University to both of them. I, I'll reach out again soon. I will definitely <coughs> reach out again. So maybe what I'll talk doing? to him that night at McGuire. What are you doing next Tuesday night? Uh, nothing. Tuesday night, <clears throat> nothing. N next Tuesday night is Bales's graduation show at the Bronx. Oh. I'll meet you there. Oh, nice. At Govs? They do it at, at the Levittown. At, at the brokerage. Oh, the brokerage. Okay, yeah, cool. It's I fun. did not know. Oh, they, it's their final, you know, they everybody gets to go up and do their five minutes, you know. And I, I usually yeah. get up and, you know, tell a few bad jokes and people are like, why is he here? All right. Know? Don't don't anybody beat <laughs> me up over this. I'm thinking about actually taking the, the class. Uh, I, no, I thought, that's good. What, I, why would it be bad to not, take a not class? you. I meant the people in the chat room beating me up over this. No, yeah, I I'm think not, you should do it. And then you can yeah, talk totally. about it the next day on the show and give a yeah, play-by-play. That would help. That's Bale. exactly what I. 
That's a great I idea. To. That's yeah. a great yeah. idea. I'm not doing it because I don't want people to think, well, what do you, 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 you can't be starting a, a comedy career in your 60s. Uh, I'm, not, do, I'm you know, not doing that. You can do whatever you want, dog. You ignore, the, <laughs> you ignore the idiots. Anybody that's got the time to sit there, you know, it's bad enough that we're sitting there talking. Anybody sitting there listening is, you know, they haven't got anything to say. The hell with them. Oh, yeah. Chat room, but, chat room, schmat room. I uh, I am a lightning rod for hate mail, man. Uh, people find reasons. I gotta. Uh, we're gonna. I know Letterman had his viewer mail. I'm gonna have like viewer listening mail. Uh, but uh, there is some love that comes this way. But the majority of stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The stuff people find to get angry about me uh, that I say. I'm surprised on. I don't get email. I'm like, I've got nothing. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, you're, what? You're likable. I guess I'm oh. hateable. I'm I guess I'm uh, hateable. <laughs> now, I, don't, I don't know how I You know, when it. we had the Jackie's Joke Hunt show, uh, we did it the simple way. I wrote all the emails, you know, and <laughs> I, 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 go, I go back and read the scripts, and they were so much, so we were so dirty, but it, the shows were so funny. And, you know, once in a blue moon, somebody will say, oh, you know, Jackie's Joke Hunt is my favorite show ever, blah, blah, blah. But that's like one person every three months, you know. Right. So I never right. knew if anybody was listening or wasn't listening. Like, you know, I, I look, at here we go. Oh, I hate vanity help keeps me from doing this. Hold on. This is stuff that we used, one of the things we used to do. <clears throat> we used to do a thing called The Amazing Mr. Knows a Lot. Show business and sex, truth or bullcrap. Oh, I okay. love it. Ooh, ooh, okay. okay. <clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. A pregnant goldfish is called a twit. True. <laughs> That's not true. No, it is true. Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> real name is Gordon Hathaway. Fall. No. Fall. No. The Ramsey's brand condom is named after the great Pharaoh Ramsey II, who fathered over 160 children. Uh, I'll, buy, the, I'll I, buy that for a dollar. Named after him, but I don't know if it, if it really 160 children. Man, wow, good. Kirk Douglas wore a watch in most of the scenes of the original biblical film Spartacus, but the director decided not to reshoot them, figuring probably nobody would notice. True. Uh, I, I uh, yeah, true. I'm gonna say true, but I want to, I want to look oh, it up and see a picture on. of it. I'm pretty, the, yeah, I'm pretty sure there is a picture of of a Ben Hur wearing a watch or whatever. Not yeah. Ben Hur, Spartacus. But or Spart yeah. Movies. One more. The male gypsy moth can smell virgin female gypsy moths from 1.8 miles away. True. The true. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> how right, do you figure something like that out that's what i want to know <laughs> how do you even right, know that right, here we go <clears throat> a pregnant goldfish is called a twit that is true our comedy pal chips cooney though obviously not a goldfish and not so obviously pregnant is also a twit <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't know that my sister was pregnant or a goldfish growing up because my dad called her a twit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jerry Seinfeld's real name is Gordon Hathaway. That's false. Gordon uh, Hathaway was Louis Nye's name as one of Steve Allen's men on the street in the late 50s. 
Jerry Seinfeld's wow. real name is Adam Leslie. Really? <laughs> no. Adam Leslie. Fuck? Adam Leslie was a, a great, great, fun comedian, nut, junkie, crackhead that I love so much. He's long gone. The Ramsey wow. brand condom is named after the great Pharaoh Ramsey II, who fathered over 160 children. That is true. The Fleet brand enema is named after whose ever idea it was to sick hot water up your ass to make you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Douglas wore a watch in most of the scenes of the original biblical film Spartacus, but the director decided not to reshoot them, figuring probably no one would notice. That is false. However, right. they did they did reshoot the famous crotch scene in Basic Instinct when Michael Douglas noticed the string dangling from Sharon Stone's snack. <laughs> okay. Male, we need, we male, need a sound effect for that bit. Yeah. The male, yeah, that the, male, yeah. the male gypsy moth can smell virgin female gypsy moths from 1.8 miles away. This is true. And that's why male homosexual gypsy moths can be found 1.9 miles away from virgin female gypsy moths. <laughs> so that's what we used to play on this show. That's fun, right? Yeah, yeah that's totally. real fun. That's great. Over, I'll do that again next time with you, and we'll do, use the action, the amazing Mr. Nozalot. Too, too bad my contributors and writers aren't coming up with gems like that. Okay, all right. Jeez, all right, all right. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Okay. Okay. So I got I'm, you. I'm stuck with stealing bits from Letterman and, and the top 10 things and, and viewer well, mail and all you, that. I'm going to give you all the stuff from Jackie Shokan. The great, great, horrible made up e emails. It was so dirty. And we also used, used to do uh, uh, broken news. And it was, you know, really horrible news stories. And then. Uh, okay. We've been doing that. Well, well, right. Well, okay. Because I, I, I went to do news today, but I was like, I thought maybe I was going in the wrong direction because, like, the first news story I wanted to do was about an ex NFL player that that may have killed his mother. So I mean, like, I was like, maybe I shouldn't joke about that. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, maybe, <laughs> you know not what? Well, not for nothing, Will. You do know there's a war going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I did joke about that. I talked about how uh, Jesus hasn't shown up yet, and we're still waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it, somebody if he was, was if, he, if Jesus was on his way, he turned around and went back. Yeah. Right. You know, there's there's a, a picture from uh, Kirk Douglas from Spartacus where it looks like he's got a tattoo over his wrist. Like it looked like he might have been wearing his watch, and somebody photoshopped it out of it. But uh, I think I think that or, or else or else that's how, how the rumor got started. Oh, yeah, maybe that's probably it. Uh, but somebody was blowing up on Twitter this morning because a comedian made a joke about what's going on in the Middle East uh, on Twitter. And it's just like and, and the other day we had a comedian on as a guest and uh, I want to say Re Reverend, Reverend Jelly, yeah. Jelly Roll. Yeah. Made a slight 
joke about it. Not even really a joke. He just mentioned the word Hamas in some. In yeah, no, and the, I mean the dude clamped up like no tomorrow. The guy was it was a Jewish comedian, and he was he took offense to that. And it's just like what what's weird now is comedians becoming canceling of jokes. Well, you know what? If it's funny, it's funny. I, I and I think sometimes <clears throat> in times where there's shit going on, you need a, a joke to kind of uh, lighten it. Somebody calling the joke line one nine two two wine. I didn't turn off uh, after this is done. I gotta I gotta turn off the. I was in such a hurry because my friend uh, Matt was in trouble. I give a call. <laughs> now this morning uh, we had a really good comedian on uh, early this morning, Arma Benoit Benoit Ball. Uh, but. What? I don't think we should listen to the number. <laughs> it, it, it's, an, it's an advertisement for Barber's business. Oh, anyway. Uh, the band you booked for me last night sucked. I'm going to turn this thing on. But our, sec, our second uh, comedian did not show up at all. Oh, right. uh, uh, and Van Epps. And, you know, I was looking forward to this. but uh, for And I don't want to bash it, but it's very weird that we're getting comedians not show up. Uh, two days in a row or is it two days in a row? Yeah. Two I mean, yeah, row. it's actually been pretty uh, good lately. It used to be a really big problem, but lately people have been showing up real good, real consistently. Yeah, you know what? I really. Did he, he, I think he's probably, looking for, really yeah, he's putting his earphones in. Incorporate some of the, the old joke hunt things into your show. I bet you if we did. No, like, that'd be one great. Day a week, one day a week or something. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, if I get them in advance, you know, I can read them. I mean, I, I, I could definitely, uh, you know, I just need to, you know. I have this uh, from 402 shows. That's wow. fucking awesome. Shows. That's fucking awesome. I mean, a lot Man. of jokes got recycled, but a lot of them, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands. Right. Of it, you know, but it's so dirty. Oh, God, you know. The Martling Museum for uh, Comic Gold is uh, up in yeah. Oyster Bay. And I'm yeah. going to be the curator of the museum. I'll be out front taking your admission, uh, and we'll be the tour guide for, for I, You know, Bay. I've had so many. I, You know, they, they have all these pop-up um, art shows. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes they just look like piles of horse shit. <clears throat> but the truth is, if you take a paper with a wad of horse shit sp uh, spread on it and put a frame around it and a piece of glass over it and mount it on a wall, it's art. Right. Now, whether you think it's art or I think it's art, you know, it's it's all in the beholder, you know. Right. So right. I, I was thinking I would love to have a, a thing where there's different like jokes like, uh, you know, printed out nice and big in case and other ones where you have. Like a laptop, like a an iPad stuck to the wall. So when you push the button, it tells a joke, or or it's like a, a like. Oh know, yeah, you, yeah. You could just walk around, like a joke museum. What yeah, could, it'd be so much fun, right? Or am I crazy? Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no yeah, that's absolutely. cool. I agree. I mean, I was I was saying it half as a joke, but I think absolutely that would be very cool, man. Uh, and you know what? I bet you a lot of people would be interested in that because there's so much, yeah. so much. Uh, people stop at giant balls of yarn. <laughs> if, 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 if it was in Manhattan 
and you know there was the joke land joke museum what right you know everybody in the world has heard right. the howard stern show and so many have heard right. of me by now and everybody loves jokes who wouldn't go in there you know right. yeah and then and we'll give the money we'll give the price of admission money to charity or something you know it would just be a be a hoot you know Right. Yeah. And then, and Spe- speaking just- of the Howard Stern show, yesterday was Artie Lang's birthday. I don't know how old he is, but he looks great. I mean, the nose looks all like normal now. He looks he looks great. There was a picture of him. Attell went to dinner with him last night and posted a picture of them at uh, birthday day. Artie looking great. Uh, I'm just curious, like, do you know? Uh, are you in touch with him? Why and why? Uh, no, you 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 caught me. Was he on the Stern show, or that just made you think of it? Uh, Artie Lang? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was on the Stern Show for a, a couple of years. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean... No, not recently. Yesterday. Oh, so no. that just made you think of it. That made me no, think I, of it, I, yeah. I, yeah, his, his birthday was I, yesterday. I, I, uh... I don't know the last time... It's been a while since I heard from him, but... It, but uh, I was relatively in touch, but I couldn't tell you if it was three months ago or a year and three months ago. Right. <laughs> I was curious because he stepped away from show business altogether to get himself uh, healthy, and he looks great now. And I'm wondering, you know, if anybody well, knows. He came back for like five seconds to do to do a few um, uh, podcasts, but I don't. I think they were just audio podcasts, and he only did a couple of them. But yeah, he's in the documentary, and you know, he's. he's I, I don't know whether he had more surgery to make his nose look better, but. Uh, yeah, yeah he, his head was in a great place. He was he was one of the best things in my documentary, so I was thrilled to have him. You know, right, he's right. such a good guy. You know, the other good thing in your documentary, Anthony Cumia, and you know, I, I'm not like a real fan of his, but I I wish him well. Do you know anything about his health? Uh, can yeah, he's he, he's he's doing fine. You know, I've been sending him jokes, and uh, he, he's well well on his way to recovery. You know, very he, cool. Uh, Glad to hear know, that. Yeah, he's uh, and he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. You know, all these guys are good guys. You know, he's a good guy. But until you disagree about, you know, right when he calls Hillary Clinton a witch, I don't agree. But I don't say no, she's not. I'm like that. that, He he can say what he wants. You know, some of the things people believe drive me crazy. But at some point, you got to put that to the side. Like if you no, right? I totally agree with you on on the political stuff. But some, and I don't want to, I don't want to bash the guy. But he comes off as a racist to me, and that that bothers me. But uh, anyway, but you know, last time you were here, the next day after you were here, Dave Landau was on the show. Dave used to host a show with both those guys, Artie Lang and uh, Akumia, and uh, it's really surprising to me because. Dave Landau's act is not political whatsoever, but he got himself aligned with all these right-wing guys, Kumia and then uh, Stephen Crowder and then Glenn Beck now. And I don't think they know that in his act, because if you watch his act, you would swear he's a, a lefty, he's a, a liberal guy. I don't think... I, you know, I sat in with Artie and and Anthony and Dave. I met Dave. And uh, we had a great, like when I sit in there with him, there's no politics at all. We just have fun and laugh and it's comedy. I mean, that was a long time ago, obviously. But yeah, he's a a really nice guy. And I do see him aligned with people like that. And I'm like, you know, hey, I go on the Mark Simone show and Mark Simone 
might as well live in Trump's asshole. Yeah, I know. But, but I know him from 40 years ago. I, I used to host every Wednesday night at the, the bitter end when it was called, it was actually called the other end for like a year or two. And I hosted a comedy show there every Wednesday. And, and Mark came every week and I'd hang out with Mark Simone, Henny Youngman's grandson, Larry, and David Copperfield, who had to change his name back to his real name because another guy named David Copperfield came on the scene. And they would come to my show. We'd all go eat Italian food afterwards. And, and my wife used to come. We used to have a, a, a screaming great time. So then years later, here he is. We're completely diametrically opposed politically. But I know him from way, way, way long ago. So that's what you, you know, that, that's, I guess that's what I base it on. You know, right. I just blanked that out because, they, you know, even if the people we're hitting are all uh, right wing or middle right wing, there's still people and there's still an audience. And you can't rule out half the people. You just can't. I'm I know. I, I agree. And and comedy you know, breaks down those barriers. And I, but I'm curious now. Simone is on ABC. He's on ABC, WABC 77 AM, right? No, no 710 WOR. Oh, because I was because uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Because they're based in Jersey, his radio show, and I thought, when did WABC move from New York to New Jersey? I didn't, I it didn't even occur to me. WABC is now over on the east side by Smith and Walensky's, I think. Wow, that that I, that uh, the supermarket guy bought it, Kakalakovus. Right, fuck a lot of us. What's his name, John? Something like that. Yes. He, you know, and uh, they—they're very, very, you know. That's the, uh, and one the same thing with Sid, uh, Sid Rosenberg. Like, he—he uh, he used to get fired, and he'd wind up back in Miami. He came to all my shows when I worked at Boca, and I used to do his show all the time, and I did his show. Was that before years. or after the Imus years with him? Because he was on—he was, was a steady on Imus. That was. Before and then he came back and did I miss and then he got fired. There was so much craziness went on. Uh, oh, I think it was after. You know his claim to fame is he was the one talking to Imus on the phone when Imus said uh, made his famous racist. The nappy comment. headed, yeah, the nappy headed hose thing, yeah. Yeah, which which is you know, I, I I'm sure that's horrible, but that's that's. Once again, it, it, please, he's just, just talking. You know, Caught up in the moment. Yeah, you know, if we can dismiss grabbing by the pussy as locker room talk, that's radio banter, morning radio banter caught up in a whole bunch of stuff. I, you know, I don't, I will go to my grave thinking I miss was not a racist that they, uh, I know Howard, Howard liked to. I, I'm absolutely sure he was, but that was not the proof of it. Oh really? And grabbing by the pussy is not locker room talk. Nobody talks like that. You know, I've been chasing, chasing girls for seventy-five years. I never said, "Hey, hey, Peter." You know, I did last night. I grabbed Charlotte by the pussy. <laughs> Although there was a not short period I after never... I watched Crocodile no, Dundee the first time, where I did just go around grabbing girls by the pussy. <laughs> I don't know how you would even do that. You'd have to have a really good grip because it's kind of slippery. No, but, but only only the ones that had deep voices. 
all the guys that I know in my life, and I've known lots of guys and, and comedians, and all they did was chase girls, chase girls. I don't know one guy that ever walked up to a girl and grabbed her by the snatch. No, that's, no, that's, no. That's I agree. Not, that's that's no. not in the lexicon of moves. No, <laughs> no. right, right. No, like, who's, who is... Making out and making out, and you reach down and then she smacks you. Although, she doesn't, but you're not thinking that's not going to lead to anything standing there leaning against a car. I mean, you know, he said it's it, it to me, it's so obvious, right? Donald Trump never has, doesn't have, and never will have any game, it's right? Like right. Somebody, it, it's yeah. like somebody come up to you and say, Donald, did you watch the baseball game last night? He said, Yeah, there were a couple of really exciting touchdowns. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 That, that kind of of, of non connection. You know. Yeah, he's like Steve Carell explaining what it feels like to grab a boob in the forty-year-old virgin. Same, like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, because it, it's 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 a foreign language to him. You yeah. know that Eugene Carroll in her rape case said that that's exactly what Trump did. Though he came up from behind her and grabbed her by the pussy. Like well, what like, though? I, I could believe he did that. Yeah, but, I, but it is not in the lexicon. No, I agree. I've never used that phrase. I never heard it before that that tape came out. That and, one what, that and was... what is it? What's in it for you? If you just reach and, and grab, you know, there's there's no sexual thing to you know. No, nah, like it's... even grabbing a girl's ass. If you grab a girl's ass, there's nothing sexy. That's just being funny or being cute or being stupid. And I can I un totally understand that it's wrong and for a girl to get mad, but it's not right. a sexy thing. Like nobody's gonna get a hard on <clears throat> patting a girl on the ass. You know what I mean? It's like a, yeah. Although I do have a bone of contention, not to make a bad joke. A bone. Um, the whole thing with Trump and that uh, E. Jean Carroll, uh, Alice in Wonderland, whoever she was. I I have a whole a problem with that whole thing <clears throat> because supposedly he was you know in in his business attire and wearing you know his overall I mean his his coat and he goes up and <clears throat> and she's I guess supposedly was uh, dressing or changing into whatever mm -hmm. he was you know first first of all of course. Hey, I'm gonna go buy a bikini for my new girlfriend. Come, come help me. <clears throat> you don't go, you know. Like so, she's not a hundred percent innocent. That does not give him the license to do anything. But the accusation, as far as I know, was that he put her up against the wall and and raped her, and uh, nothing, no aspersions to her, whatever. But as far as logistics, <laughs> there is no way, you know, the oldest joke in the world is you, 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 there's no way a guy can rape a girl because a girl can run a lot faster in a skirt than a guy, than a guy can run with his pants down. Okay, right. That was the yeah. old stupid joke. But the point is, she's up against the wall to, to get your pants down or get your dick out and get her dress up and get your dick in her. It's logistically, with full cooperation from both parties, that's almost an impossibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't get that. 
you know, how, how, you know, if she was wearing no panties and he lifted her dress up and pulled her legs apart and took out his dick and somehow managed in this craziness to have a heart on to find his way in. It just, I can't see that happening. I, you know what? Right. Trump's lawyers are uh, fools for not calling you to the stand to, <laughs> to bring that but up. I, am, am I talking through forked tongue or am I making sense? You know. No, you're definitely making sense. But We've uh, all tried to have sex with girl, um, girls a million different ways. And sometimes it's easier to accomplish than others. I only know, you know one way. Will knows it a million different ways. I only know one way. I'm very... Uh, a pattern oriented. Uh, I stick right. to right. Step one: you hand over the eighty dollars. Right. <laughs> eighty. Eighty. What do you get a coupon? <laughs> you got a. You got a coupon. Uh, no. Oh, yesterday, by God. the way, yesterday was a milestone for us. We actually got through an entire show without talking about a certain type of sex that will. Did we? Of, we yes. went through the whole show without talking about ass eating. Ah. We almost got through this one without talking about it, but you just. I mean, you brought it up. Listen, if I'd have been on the show earlier with your first guest was here, we'd have talked about it then because she she definitely looked like she wanted to talk about some ass. I stopped her. I smelled it coming. I (laughs) I smelled the angel coming. You usually can smell ass eating coming. (laughs) You know, it's very funny because uh, some people, some guys, some girls are so repulsed at the concept right. and others and others just aren't you know there was right. a very pretty girl that i liked a lot that i you know i, I can't say anything but uh it was i did a show with a band and after the show it was a real small place and you would know the place we went next door to this bar it was a real small tiny bar and the music for the bar was run by like a radio or a, or a console up on a shelf to the side of the bar. And this girl climbed up in the bar and went to adjust it. And when I say her ass was a 15, I just looked at that and I just was like, I have got to have some of that. So we got stoned, we had some fun, blah, 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 blah. And we wound up, uh, you know, fooling around and she was an ass eater. And and she loved giving and taking, and it was so funny because she had a the back of her 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 spine that had kind of a protruding bone that's not normally there, and it was so funny because I used to refer to it as my headrest because my head went against it perfect, and oh god, and you know. and when you're going at that, you're going at that. You're not thinking of anything. You know, it's just something you you you're caught in the moment and you do it. You know, like. Uh, but some people. Jackie can't. just blew a big brown hole in my theory uh, that, that ass eating was only for the younger generation. From. from, from <laughs> oh no no no! Oh, with, with a time, big brown hole. This is you know with time and and ass gets more character, you know. No, I'm only kidding. But this is a long time ago. And she was. This is 20 years ago, and she was 20 years younger, or whatever. You know. Right. So. Uh, but all the all the female now the majority of female comedians I see uh, include 
ass-eating jokes in their set now. It's like it's like it's like a thing that it's. I it's mean, it's a good way to make a guy done. uncomfortable, right? But, but you all, have no idea if they're talking about it or whether they're also doing it. Right? right. Are you talking about giving, getting, or yes, all the above? Oh, right. all of the above. Yeah, but they just because they're including it in their set. I, you know, it's, I'm not talking about <laughs> necessarily the act, but I think the including it over the set. It's like. It become the easy uh, fruit, low hanging fruit for comedians is is to go there now, and you know it's like anything. You, I get it when people are being successful with something like in music, people are going to copy. Hey, that's working. I might as well you know throw some of that in my set too. But I think at at this point, it's becoming over, especially among female comedians. I see the tendency to go to the ass eating <laughs> route is just like really prominent. Anyway. I gotta. I started. Gotta start going out more. Yeah. Um. So, Jackie, it's I did want to ask it's you. Just, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. You know, like. Right. Please. <laughs> nice I, uh, I wanted. I wanted to ask you. Um. In the comments from your uh Birdcast episode, <laughs> somebody mentioned a show that I really want to ask you about, and like it, you know, it's from years and years ago. But apparently you had a show that was like some sort of secret show. And then the fire marshals showed up because there was like so many people ended up coming or something. And they had to like, do you know what show I'm talking about? No, I'm not clear. Where are the, where are you guys reading comments? On YouTube probably, right? Yeah. On YouTube. Yep. On, on Chrysler's YouTube for Burkcast. There's, there's a comment. Comments. The only thing that ever happened, somewhat in that vicinity, <clears throat> was I was in a movie called Potluck, and we were going to do an outdoor pot rally. It was like the finale of the show. Like uh, Tommy Chong was going to play, and they had a guitar they were giving away that was called the Chronicaster. Uh, Chronicaster. Nice. It was a Stratocaster that was hollow that had water in it, and it was like a bong. <clears throat> it was just a whole crazy thing, and David Peel. You could, like smoke out of the guitar. Yeah, and David Peel from the. I don't know if you knew he's long, long dead, but he was a great character from David Mara, marijuana. Right, David yeah. Peel on the Lower East Side. He used to come out here to my parties. He was a good friend, and we wanted to get a bunch of people for the rally, and I announced it on the Stern Show. And they had to cancel the rally because there were way too many people there. They couldn't handle them. It was like, uh, wow. you know, I was doing them, you know, they said, that Jackie, that'd be so great if you could mention it. And by the wow. time I got out of the Stern show to go down there, it was, they had already started trying to send people home. So that, that's the only thing wow. I can think of. I, I, okay. if I ever had a show that was sold out because I mean, broken up because it was too many people in there, believe me, I would remember that. I'd be, I'd be still talking about it, you know? <laughs> Right. That, well, that's that why was, I wanted to bring it up because I was like, that had to be amazing, you know? Oh, and, and that's a great movie. You should see that movie. It's pretty much fun. It's called Potluck. And, uh, All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Um, it's groovy. It was groovy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's about time to wrap this thing up. Now, I uh, want to remind people again, Thursday night, uh, the, the Bayman thing, give the address again, 7, 7 p.m. next Thursday night. <laughs> It's 333 Bayville Avenue. It's the Crescent Beach Club that 
used to be Reinhardt's, and I actually had a comedy show there in 1979. But you, it's it's a walking music. distance to your house. People going, yeah. coming over to your house afterwards? Sure. You know, <laughs> come on over, get stoned, be crazy. But nice. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful drive. And it starts at 7 p.m., me and Peter Bales. It's for the Bayman Heritage Association. And please come out. And then Saturday night, 7 p.m., it's me and Peter Bales at McGuire's in Bohemia out there on Long Island. And it's, those shows are always great. The people are always great. I love right. those clubs. I love I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, if you're on Long Island and you want to go <clears throat> uh, to the Jackie and Peter show at McGuire's, uh, I got, I got, I'll get an extra ticket today. Call me. I know my wife ain't going to want to go. That's why I'm already putting this out there. If you're on Long Island, you want to hang out with me and go meet Jackie for, uh, at the, at the show. Give me a, give me a call. Give me a buzz and you'll come as my guest and, uh, I'll pay for your, your two drink minimum. Don't eat like a Look slob. At don't get that. You think, well, a lot, you think a lot of broads will, uh, respond to you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Uh, uh, preferably dudes, because uh, I'm going that way now. Well, if it's a girl, you can. Oh, we got him. I got him. The Reverend. I can't wait to we tell the Reverend that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell him I'm going that way now. Yeah, you think he was disappointed with your marijuana use? Yeah, I know. Did I disappoint? Did I tell you that I got a flu shot? No. What? Did, did I send that to you? I no. think I sent that to you. I went to get a flu shot and. The girl says, see that? A little prick and it's all over. I said, you just described my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, see? I, I, I got like uh, five five-star reviews in the last week. So uh, get a get a uh, cameo from me, cameo.com. Hell yeah. Jackie Martling. I, 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 there's so much fun. You know, I don't work that much anymore, so... If somebody signs up for a cameo, it's supposed to be like a minute. I do like five minutes. I get on right. the road and just go crazy. That's great. Every That's so great. They give me, you know, I just go wild on whatever information. They're like, oh, thank you so much. It was so perfect. Blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, it's a miracle I shut up. You guys have so that in common, I guess. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. That anyway, that is. Yeah, yeah. That, hey, uh, the links, the links to all to the show at the uh, Crescent and the show at McGuire's. The ticket links are on jokeland.com. Jokeland.com. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Thanks for being here. Uh, have a great day. Thank you. You can thank him. Always good to week. see you, Jackie. You can thank him for the package you're going to get in the mail. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Why I didn't, uh, you didn't want any? I, I I got you know I went to that I don't know if you visited when you call, asked me for the address of the place in Farmingdale I went and stocked up last week because my place that up here got shut down and I went there and I overbought I bought bought enough to like hold me through the winter. <laughs> this is right on is this right on one ten. Yeah, you didn't go. No, it's in Farmingdale. No, I'm supposed yeah. to take a ride down there. Uh, yeah, but be prepared. Well, first of all, there's a long line. The line moves fast. But I went there. I was shocked at uh, – I, I, I was on the line for three minutes. Long line, but it moves fast. And $10,000 cash passed hands uh, over the counter in is, three minutes. You know, is this just going up to a window like the old McDonald's? or No, you go in. They, they have a little place where you can shop around the brands, but you get on this long line. You get up, and you can pick from the menu on online and just show them what you've already wanted, 
or you can they'll hand you a menu and say what do you like and, and this is not a card or a medical card this is no nope, nothing and, and it's called seed just... uh seed and trains or yes yeah, no uh smart trains so uh, yeah. my friend my friend uh jonathan the guy i think i told you about him he's a, a vet and he was injured and him and another vet that they're having a starting a marijuana farm called two buds farms and i'm gonna have my own uh jackie jackie pot and i came oh up with great name. you're coming out with your own strain yeah yeah and that, that's hell the yeah name. the name of it is jackie's train <laughs> get on jackie's train very nice. cool that's not uh, bad right that's a typical jackie bad pun right? yeah yeah no that's great yeah absolutely so awesome. uh yeah, but uh, but again, you know, if you go there, you got and I don't know, but you you'll probably have to be fucking signing autographs there if you got on the line with all these fucking because they're all like of the generation that was, you know, growing up on Howard Stern. So if you, you got on that line, by, now can you buy those individual joints there? Yeah, they have pre rolls. They got all everything you can imagine. And the, well, I was thinking about this. It seemed like they have an endless supply like they never have a stock problem they're just filling orders all constantly buy, buy me a joint i'll sign you an autograph how's that that's not bad right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the name of the joint i think it's smart strain seed and strain something like that it's at some strains it's strains it's on uh broad hollow avenue uh 110 sounds uh, like broad the perfect place to be selling your weed <laughs> how, how could you not know the name of it I seed and strains. No, I get a. <laughs> I don't. How know. could you not know? You sound like my dad when I came home from meeting a new friend and I knew nothing about them other than their first name. Here it is. Strange stars. <laughs> Strange stars is the name of it. Strange stars. Strange. I better write that down. Strange stars. Strange stars. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know now. Strange sounds stars like, sounds like a Strange... good distributor. StrangeStarsNewYork.com. They're not a, a, a sponsor, but I'm going to hit them up today because our sponsor, who was a, a weed place, got shut down by cops out here. So, <laughs> they, well, what about that? Oh, that's just a glass place because we did the glass place or the bongs yeah. or whatever. Oh, Daily High Club. Yeah. But why it would it fun. get shut down? I thought it was legal. But they were not here. They this is a problem with Suffolk County, and I know that place is technically on Broad Hollow Road is Suffolk County, but it's right over the border. But that's the only recreational uh, place, legal recreational place in Suffolk County. Every other place is a medical card, and the place I was going was actually doing like black over the counter black market. <laughs> they weren't they weren't licensed, and they got shut down for not having a license. Ah. Uh. Very so and, crazy. Uh, miss, it's very upsetting to that me. Red tape. It was right around the corner, and it was so easy for me. Now I got to drive to Farmingdale, which is why I the whole up. the whole legal marijuana thing is such a mess with the black market still killing the regular market, and oh man, it's it's. But that place, I mean, I'm telling you, I was doing the math. Ten thousand dollars in three minutes comes down to like six hundred million dollars a year if they keep the hours. I think they're keeping so. And they do that constantly. Like people just handing over cash. You know, it's like a fast food line, except, you know, the fast food lines that are overpacked and you're going up and you're giving right. $20 for your burgers. These people are giving $200 and $300 for oh, their and weed. It's all, and it's all cash. Yeah, all cash. Wow. 
Yeah. And you know, there's got to be some funny business going on with the accounting there when it's all cash. Like, yeah, you know, you we're going to write off some of Probably. I do think. You know. Anyway, thank you for being part of the show. I'll see you Tuesday night at the uh, graduation. I'm definitely going to go to that, talk to Peter Bales and Rich about having me on the, as a class guy and doing a report the next day as kind of a promotion for their school, and that would be a cool thing. I think it would be a very good uh, segment for the show. I'll see you Tuesday night, and then I'll see you Saturday night, and good luck with the Bayman thing. All right, man. All nice right, to see have- you, Will. Enjoy, enjoy your gift. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. I'm, I look I'm, forward to it. I'm bouncing everybody and saying goodbye. Thanks. Bo- okay, bye. Bye. All right. Uh, that's the show, folks. I know uh, it was a long one, but a good one. Uh, we always appreciate having Jackie back. And Arma Benoit, check out her site, too, and support her. Uh, thanks for coming. I'm going to say goodbye now. I apologize to the folks at Govs <laughs> for uh overrunning the stop sign as and i guess jackie's right uh both of you people who uh listen to knock em dead comedy uh maybe you got a taste of some <laughs> good show for once anyway have a great day thanks for coming and don't forget to turn on your radio bye for now
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.